0: Day. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll free at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1 800 259 9231. And tonight it's Ian with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's Free Talk Live. Dot com last night we in the I think the third hour of the show had started talking about this 912 thing and we should probably finish it up because we only got through three I believe of the nine principles and this is something that uh, one of our competitors has come up with uh, Glenn Beck and people sometimes will compare us to Glenn Beck they will ask us uh, we've had somebody call in within the last couple weeks on the air to ask well how are you guys different? Because Glenn Beck claims to be a libertarian, and some somebody listening to this show might label us as libertarians, although I personally don't, uh, don't care much for that label these days, particularly because people like Glenn Beck have applied it to themselves. Because I believe in true liberty, the ability to live your life however you want, so long as you don't harm anybody else, uh, leaving everybody else alone in order so they can live their lives how they want to, and allowing others to be free so you can be free. And people like Glenn Beck and Neil Bortz, they haven't quite gotten that yet. They're not there, and I don't know if they'll ever get there. Maybe they will.
1: Maybe they will. Well, you know, it takes – I I think the older somebody is, the the less likely they are to take on new ideas. mm -hmm. I think it takes a little more to to do that. And I think also um, the more – you know, somebody who's on the radio is less likely to change their opinion because they just you know they're they're the the, the top of the pyramid um, you know they're they're the preacher preaching to the audience and for them to change their opinion would mean that they were wrong and it's,
0: it's it would show them to be fallible human beings and somehow put them down on the level of their audience. Basically,
1: yeah, I I don't I don't know exactly what I mean, but it just like sort of the way people are. The more people you speak something to, the more real it is in the world. Mm-hmm. And those people, um, in in talk radio, you know, can speak to millions of people. So the you know the more real what they say is, and the less likely it is that they would change it. I guess.
0: So just to kind of clarify further, maybe some of the differences between uh, Free Talk Live and say. A host like Glenn Beck. We've, we're going through his uh, 912 project thing. There are nine principles, he says, 12 values, and we've been through the first three, so if you missed those, you can tune in uh, to our archive from last night at freetalklive.com. Let's pick up with number four here, and here it is The family is sacred. This is from the 912project.com. The family is sacred. My spouse and I are the ultimate authority, not the government. So, what we're, I'm giving reaction to this? Yeah, but you're the you're the married one, so I mean, I figured that makes the most sense. Um, I think
1: that uh, I, I think mostly I agree with that. Um, I I do think that it's uh it's a good um you know it, it's, it's if you're gonna have government that the uh, the government that comes from the husband and wife or is good governance. Um, generally, I also think that uh, kids should have some level of uh of say in their lives um probably earlier than they get to say it now i i went to work at 12 the government says i can't go to work until i'm 14 or 15 and really they make it so difficult for people to hire me that really it's the answer is 16 16, so um it doesn't really matter whether um you know i laura or myself want to let jack work at 12 the you know the government says he can't um but you know, I don't at the same time think that it's that cool if we put Jack to work at 12 and then you know take his paycheck mm-hmm. um, and, and not let him have any of it or anything like that. I I think that there can be you know ways that kids are mistreated. So I think kids should have a certain level of freedom that they aren't given. If for instance uh, you know a child is in a bad situation, shouldn't that child be able to leave that bad situation? Absolutely. And make the decision
0: to leave. Uh, Rather than having the police forcibly bring them back to their parents' and house. And it happens. Yeah.
1: You know, it absolutely happens. And um, the fact is when a child leaves, you know, say they – and they, they know that they basically have to run to someplace because they can't go for help anywhere nearby because they put other people in danger. So if a friend of a uh, – you know, the parents of a friend decide to take them in, they're harboring a fugitive. The cops will give them all kinds of trouble. They could get, uh, you know, legal problems. The kid can't go to work, so they're, um, you know, they're, they're relegated to child prostitution if they need to make <laughs> right. it on their own. I, I'm not kidding. No, it's true. It's I'm true. not kidding. I mean, that's the way it is. Essentially you lump it with however bad it is with uh with your parents, and there are bad parents out there. I'm not gonna say there aren't. Or you, you know, turn to child prostitution and live on the street.
0: Number five, if you break the law, you pay the penalty. Justice is blind and no one is above it.
1: Well, I like the idea of no one being above justice. I get that. Um You know, I think that uh, I think the law and order mentality that the law is always right kind of stinks because the law is often wrong. And uh, the people, that people that break bad laws are good individuals. So I, you know, I I have problems with that kind of law and order mentality that I'm hearing there.
0: Yeah, that's what I hear from. If you break the law, you pay the penalty. I mean, certainly if I'm going to engage in civil disobedience, breaking the man laws, the statutes, the codes and all that then i expect that something will likely happen to me i mean i that that i so i mean there is that mentality there i think with that statement but at the same time it's a statement of the obvious at the same time like if you break their statutes there is a good chance that you will pay some sort of price whether it's you shelling out the cash to make it go away as most people do or going to jail in lieu of giving them cash uh, that That's kind of stating the obvious. There's
1: a lot of instances where people don't have those options, and um, you know, I think that uh, I I, I like the idea of them being uh, implemented, uh, you know, in an egalitarian fashion. I don't like the idea that rich people can get away with stuff that poor people can't. That stinks, and it is the way the system is designed today.
0: Yeah, and and the system basically is that. Well, the system people are above the law. I mean, clearly they are. They are breaking their own rules day in and day out, and there's no end to the stories where it's clear, crystal clear that they break their own rules and they get away with it. So, again, if this is just a principle, then I would agree with that. I I think that the people that call themselves uh, the government should be accountable. If if you're going to have them, if you're going to have a government, then they should be accountable to their own rules. I'm not sure if that's what they're calling for here, but it sounds kind of like it. So that's a relatively agreeable statement, minus the mentality of the the law and order mentality, which I don't really too much care for. Number six, I have a right to life, liberty, and a pursuit of happiness, but there is no guarantee of equal results. Can't really disagree there,
1: right? Nope. I've, I've got no real uh, disagreement with that.
0: Number seven, I work hard for what I have, and I will share it with who I want to. Government cannot force me to be charitable. You know, I, the last two statements, that one
1: and this one, I don't disagree with, um, you know, from their on their face, but at the same time, I I do always hear this certain amount of uh, miserliness that comes from sort of the, the uh, fiscal conservative side mm-hmm. and the Republican side and things like that. People are like... You know, I don't give you nothing. Um, and yeah, I think that that, you know, it, it's fine that you feel that way. And it may even be the most moral stance. It may be that um, choosing not to give money to poor people or choosing not to give money to um, not for profits, maybe and, and, and investing it in a business and something you do well and therefore providing to people uh, jobs and goods and services and, and all that other stuff. Maybe that's the most efficient use of your money. However, the attitude that goes with it, the, yeah. that, that doesn't make any friends,
0: doesn't win any arguments, doesn't influence any people. Yeah, I agree with you, Mark. It's When you read the statement, it's, again, word, word-wise, it makes sense. But at the same time, it doesn't sound very compassionate, right? I work hard for what I have, and I will share it with who I want to. Okay, so there's you. if you dig real hard, there's some compassion there. Like, okay, they're saying that they're willing to share it with who they want to share it with, but then the next statement, government cannot force me to be charitable... True I mean, charity, I think, is a voluntary act uh, if it's true charity, if it's yeah. a true uh, giving, it has to be voluntary, but I, I think you're right that it's just stated in a way that seems kind of it has it just feels like it has a harsh edge to it
1: yeah and I had a, a you know from the other side, I had a conversation with a gal who probably would call herself a progressive. I think it was over the weekend it may have been the weekend before I'm not sure, and we were talking about the sort of how would charity exist in a world where uh, government didn't force that to happen. And I explained to her that, um, you know, there's there's a there's a big difference in the way government administers charity and the way the the, the free market administers charity, and how efficient those things are. In the government paradigm, well, you know, the seventy seventy cents on every dollar goes to pay middle class government bureaucrats that administer the welfare system, and then you've got thirty cents that trickles down. Of that thirty cents, then you're talking about those. Um, got the rock and roll music coming up um i'll i'll finish up uh, here when we get back
0: okay we'll talk about charity here uh, in a moment and, and you know maybe we can rephrase that let's let's see if we can rephrase this particular one to uh, to be a little bit more well oh, i don't know charitably oriented i suppose 800-259-9231 you can take control of the airways have got two more to go here we'll get to your phone calls about whatever you want as well whether it's this or something else that might happen to be on your mind you can bring up anything it's free talk live
2: the legendary Race into the Night, the world's fastest sports car racing, door-to-door for 12 grueling hours and an epic showdown. Be there, Saturday, March 20th at Sebring International Raceway. The 58th Annual Mobile One, 12 Hours of Sebring, presented by Fresh from Florida, is coming March 20th. See Porsche, Corvette, Ferrari, Jaguar, BMW, Mazda, and Acura battle in America's toughest road race. Gates open on Wednesday, March 17th. Order tickets today. Call 800-626-7223 or visit SebringRaceway.com. Four days of family fun at Sebring. Children 12 and under admitted free. The 58th Annual Mobile One, 12 Hours of Sebring. Presented by Fresh from Florida, March 20th. Order your tickets at SebringRaceway.com. Visit the Coca-Cola display at your local Sweet Bay supermarket for an exclusive ticket discount. Sweet Bay, where saving you money is our passion.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, bring up what you want, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We'll give you the features on the site. Uh, they include our webcam and our chat room, both on the same page. You can go to cam.freetalklive.com, get interactive, cam.freetalklive.com.
1: HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They, make it, they make it easy for you to get uh, your own .com domain name, create your very own website with their free web builder tools and templates, and use the code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at hostgator.com today to receive your first month completely free. If you don't use the code FTL, you don't get the first month free at HostGator.com.
0: All right, 1-800-259-9231. Again, that number uh, brought to you by Cycle CAI. We're going to uh, get to your phone calls about whatever you want. Just want to finish up real quick the uh, nine principles here. We're doing a little c- compare and contrast because some people have asked us about, well, how different are you from Glenn Beck? And I would say fairly different on a number of issues, specifically immigration, the war on drugs. Those are two I can think of. Oh, the war. How about the war war? Uh, there's that, too. So there's three right off the top of my head. But uh, we figured we'd go down this nine twelve thing because I've heard it mentioned before, the nine twelve project. I didn't really know what it was, so went and I uh, I pulled up their website.
1: Yeah, and I was uh, we were talking about uh, what was principle number four or five, Uh, number
0: seven, number uh, seven, uh, where they phrase it as I work hard for what I have and I'll share it with who I want to. Government cannot force me to be charitable.
1: And um, you know, I was I was relaying a a story that I you know recently experienced. I was talking to a progressive gal, and uh, you know, she's was was concerned that people wouldn't uh, support charity if if the government was taken out of the equation. and it may very well be true that there may be some miserly people out there that would choose not to give as much money. It may be that people um, would then you know it may be the opposite that uh, since the government isn't taking care of things that people feel obligated to give more money and more money would be given. I don't know, but I would say on the aggregate less money would be required. Mm-hmm. Um, to give, because here here are a couple of reasons, and you're gonna have to do a little creative math with me, everybody, because I'm talking about a fantasy world where the government doesn't rob you to give money to other people.
0: Yeah. Um, you get everything take home, and then you decide. Right. So it, in in this world, the
1: current one, the government pays seventy cents out of every dollar um, that goes into welfare to middle class government bureaucrats. So there's seventy cents. Um, in in a lot of cases, when you're talking about charities, um, you're you're talking about uh, you know say the uh, what's the one where that everything goes into one pile
0: the United way yeah
1: the United Way is a good example um, and now it's my understanding that their numbers are like seventy percent of the dollars that come in go out
0: to people that need it. Right. I, I don't know, but I've always heard good things about them. So I right. gave them some money this year. So, um yeah. and Last it, year. It,
1: So when you're talking about numbers like that, that's the opposite of what the government does. They, Pretty much. So they're already a 40 percent increase on top of that. And obviously they've got a certain amount of infrastructure. They're taking a look at which um, charities are good, in their opinion, and which ones are bad. So
0: not only that, but when you give to the United Way, if you want to specify, you can tell them. Well, I don't really care much for that charity, so don't send any, any of my money there. You can earmark your funds with them. So maybe for whatever reason they like the charity, but you don't, you can say, um, no, not those, it, not those yeah.
1: guys. Um, and, and so, but when you're looking at other charities, there are many charities out there, usually religious ones, where... 100% of the money that you donate to the charity goes to the cause that you're uh, you know looking for. So you're talking about significantly better numbers on the amount of dollars that go into charity. Mm-hmm. So even if you cut the amount of dollars that went into charity in half and then you know people gave half the amount that they're being forced to give to the government, they would still it would still be a more efficient use of dollars getting to poor people. Secondly, on the government system you have people and I don't I don't know how many. I don't know how many and nobody can tell you how many are that are living on the government system. They're generation to generation on welfare. They're just never going to get off right. it. They're unproductive and they don't know a different way of life and they don't they don't desire a different way of life because things are fine for them. Obviously, I don't think anybody out there agrees with supporting those people except for politicians that want to see them in, basically enslaved to their lifestyle um and, and therefore enslaved for votes. Yep. So when you take those people out of the equation, how many fewer – because, because it, with a regular charity, they'd have to go every month or whatever and say, hey, I need some more money. And at some point it or to another – meet cha-
0: with a social worker uh, or something like that.
1: The charity's going to say, well, this is how you get a job and you know, this is how you get a, a home. And they're going to help them with these issues. Right. And at some point or another, the, uh, the spigot tur- gets turned off um, and you know, they, they're off on their own. They're, they're little fledgling wings. They have to fly away from the nest. And that's the way these things are supposed to work. So once you take those people that are generationally on welfare out of the equation, I don't know, maybe half, maybe you need a quarter. I'm just guessing here. Maybe you need a quarter of the amount of dollars. Also, when you're talking about government funds, people use them in a less efficient fashion. People will take the, uh, the the food stamps to the store and maybe they're buying filet mignon instead of hamburger. That kind of thing. Um, all you have to do is read the new uh, you know there's a new book out called uh, Three Cups of Tea, I believe, and it's talking about building schools in Afghanistan, I believe. It cost them ten thousand dollars to build a school. The United States government couldn't build one for hundred thousand. You know, like they, they're oh my making God, comparisons. Try
0: millions, yeah. I didn't
1: I did well, I mean in Afghanistan. Oh, I see. Yeah. I mean, they don't even put air conditioning in these places, right? Right. Um so you know, they they compare government to private and private wins by a long shot. I'd yep. say this is just me speaking here. You need ten percent of the money that currently goes into charity To make things work in the in the free uh, currently goes through the government to make things work in the free market. And then just think how much I I would say that people would donate more than 10 percent of what they currently have to give. So just think how much better things
0: would be if it went through the private system. Right. And of course, there's also the factor that you get to decide. So. If you decide a charity isn't really worthy, then you don't give them your money. Whereas yep. if you don't like what the government's doing, then, well, you're SOL.
1: yeah I'm sick and it. tired of my money going to NAMBLA or whatever. So,
0: so maybe, uh, let's rephrase real quick. Number seven, uh, the, their original phrasing, I work hard for what I have and I'll share it with who I want to. Government cannot force me to be charitable. Let's uh, let's try to, to rework that into maybe a more compassionate statement because I think it's important for people in the liberty movement to really come from a position of compassion when they're talking about these things. I understand that a lot of people in this movement have come from the right. Uh, I mean, that's where I came from, too. Me, too. Um, but I think that uh, getting away from that miserly viewpoint that you were talking the about— The sound of it. Yeah, is, is really important. So how because about- I
1: think our, our ideas are best, um, yeah. and I'm not saying the right's ideas, but I think that the, the, you know, the, the liberty movement and the right kind of share uh, similar ideas here. I think those ideas are the best. They just need to be portrayed in a fashion— That, um, you know, that that, that will get across to people that will work for them. And really, this right versus left paradigm allows people to clash over this issue. I'm not trying to clash with people. I'm trying to bring them on board to my
0: way of thinking to show them the best way to get people the help that they need. Uh, and I think that's where we should come from on this. So something to, and I haven't written this down, It's just kind of off the top of my head. You know, something to the effect of uh, charity is uh, best given on a voluntary basis, where we get to to choose which charity we uh, we give to, and uh, the, only the free market allows for for that. Uh, I mean, that's a real general uh, statement. It's probably not as well crafted as not it could. Not flowery, be, yeah. But uh, but it, I don't think that has necessarily that gimme kind of aspect to it. I, I don't think that has the uh, the hoarding feeling uh, attached to it that their original statement does. Here. I agree. 1-800-259-9231 I'm sure you can think of a better one. You're welcome to share it with us here. 800-259-9231 You can bring up whatever you want as well. We've got two more to go. The nine principles. Let's see what those are here in moments. 800-259-9231 You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live.
3: This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Candy. For inspiring ideas for your next celebration, be sure to visit us at CelebrationCorner.com. You don't have to wait for a holiday to plan a festive meal. Celebrate anytime time with a fun menu or creative theme. Invite friends for a roll-your-own sushi dinner. Or surprise your family with a birthday cake when it's nobody's birthday. Fun is the name of the game, so make up a special reason of your own. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Mark, join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free. We give them to you, including our bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there, and it's all free for you. BBS.freetalklive.com. That's BBS. The 12-year process of government education has a dramatic effect on the mind of a child. When we enter school, many of our best personal attributes are already in place. We're curious, innovative, unique, creative, and hopeful in ways that many of us are rarely able to replicate throughout the rest of our lives. Because, over time, school sucks those natural gifts out of too many people and replaces them with predictability, obedience, and apathy. Oh yeah, it's also funded by theft. School Sucks podcast is a show about the end of government education. Visit schoolsucksproject.com to learn more. That's schoolsucksproject.com. As we continue to uh, to analyze the nine principles of the so-called 912 project that uh, talk show host Glenn Beck has put together, a man that uh, likes to tout himself as a libertarian, and I think that he's coming in the right direction. I think he's coming in the right direction, albeit slowly. And he should be encouraged to, uh, to come in the, in the direction of liberty, but he certainly is not uh, completely liberty-oriented. So we're just kind of going down his nine principles to show some of the differences between the show and uh, this, the viewpoint found frequently on this program and his, perhaps. And we're at number eight. Number eight. It is not un-American for me to disagree with authority or to share my personal opinion. As somebody who supports freedom of speech, I can't disagree with uh, with that. Sounds right to me. I'd um, say it's pretty darned American to disagree with people calling themselves authorities.
1: I don't know what American is. It seems like, uh, you know... I,
0: Your definition is as good as anyone
1: else's. Right. That's really that's really what it comes down to is, uh, you know, the the same people that will say it's American to disagree will disagree that it's American to disagree when it comes to the war. The
0: military. Yeah, yeah. the
1: military or something like that.
0: Whoa, whoa. You've you got to
1: support the troops. Yeah, we've got to support the troops. They've got a flag. Yeah. They must be American. Um, and
0: i would imagine that uh that would be one area of pretty severe disagreement between us and uh glenn beck
1: yeah i suspect um you know one of the th- one of the things about uh, many of the talk show hosts is they don't allow people to call in and disagree with them mm. in the same way that we do here on free talk live you know we're we're able to handle those kind of things where many of them
0: aren't well it's because we come from a position of principle on on the issues whereas these guys I mean, they're calling these principles, but they don't really have any real principles uh, that, uh, that guide their viewpoint on the issues as they come up. So that's why they have to be very, very choosy about who they talk to. Otherwise, somebody might catch them in a lie or, or you know, catch them with their pants down you know, on the air. And that could look real bad for them because they're instructed, when they're being brought up in the world of talk radio, they're instructed to always be right, uh, to never change their mind. These are things we were told when we were starting out in, in talk radio. And, of course, I rejected uh, most of the things that they told me. But one of the things they teach you in uh, behind the scenes in talk radio is that your position is the right position, that uh, you should never change it. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. So, number nine. The government works for me. I do not answer to them. They answer to me. Well, now isn't that a nice little fantasy? Yeah, it's
1: it's cute. You ought to write
0: fiction. Um, I, you know that's the
1: ideas that's the claim that government works um, works for you. But uh, I, you know, I wish you luck acting like that's true.
0: Yeah, I don't really see
1: those people acting that way. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you you're making generalizations now. Maybe some of them are, but likely they'll end up in jail shortly if they do.
0: Well, I mean, they're out there doing their little tea party things, right? They're, uh, they're out waving signs and uh, stamping their feet. I think what I really see them doing is stamp. Th- this is kind of like a foot stamping uh, number here, number nine. The government works for me. I don't answer to them. They answer to me. <laughs> you know, I just kind of feel like they're just uh, having a little hissy tantrum, basically, because they don't act that way. If you really believe that to be the case, then you would act like that was the case and begging Uh, Is not acting like that. And that's what I see the tea parties as is essentially mass begging uh, as most protests tend to be. Hey, please stop doing this to us. I don't know. know. I mean, that's not saying that uh, that they work for you. That's that's begging. You don't beg your servants uh, to uh, to behave in a different fashion if that's what you really believe about them.
1: I'm of the opinion that, uh, you know, a protest is a protest and they're out there saying no in the best way that they can. I admit to, you know, even for myself, I admit to not being able to say no as uh, forcefully as I'd like to say no when it comes to the government people. But I don't think that that, you know, I'm not willing to besmirch that by calling it a hissy or anything like that. 1-800-259-9231,
0: one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. that's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And there's a quote here from Thomas Jefferson that they've... I, I've been skipping these quotes that have been applied, but I'll throw this one in. Uh, he apparently said, I consider the people who constitute a society or nation as the source of all authority in that nation. And indeed, uh, that's again Thomas Jefferson. So if you look at the definitions of uh, what a society is or what a state is that's what the definition is is a, a, a state is a society and a society is a voluntary organization of uh, people who've come together for a common purpose they've uh, they've joined together into this society for the purpose of for instance Providing one another with protection services. I mean, that's what people believe about the government. They believe that the government's there to be their servant and to uh, to protect them and that, you know, they entered into this agreement for the purposes of, uh, of getting these services from the government. I mean, that's what. The the pitch is, basically. And that's what they're trying to to suggest here. But then there's reality, which says the complete opposite. The reality says that the government is nothing more than a, a strange group of men and women who are willing to uh, point guns at you and throw you in a jail cell if you don't go along with whatever arbitrary diktats they come up with. And of course, they use the cover of the uh, the system to give them legitimacy. They'll say, "Well, you voted for us, you know. Hey, if you don't like the rules, you can just vote for somebody else and change the rules. This is right. your system. You voted."
1: They claim consent is a uh, is a um, you know thing that comes from the whole, not from the individual. Mm. And I would claim that the 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 whole, the group, the nation, the society, the uh, whatever voting populace there is, can't take away my ability to decide. Just because nine people decided that uh, you know we do it that way, and I'm the one guy who disagrees, doesn't make them right. It's true.
0: Once again, 800-259-9231, and then they go through these uh, 12 values. uh, Which yeah, not going to go through those. So there you have it, the uh, the 912 project. Some agreement, some disagreements, and I don't really have anything else to say about that. So we will go to your phone calls. If you dial in, you can take control of the airwaves, bring up absolutely anything. Otherwise, there's a little bit of news here. Uh, the census form hit me uh, the other day, got the oh, you census got one? form in the mail. Did you not? You didn't get yours yet? I don't have a mailbox. Well, didn't they send you the little warning letter? They didn't give that to you.
1: I don't have anything like that. Huh. Okay.
0: But they did send somebody up to your front door, right? When, they they GPSed the front door. So there was a census bureaucrat who got the location of your home, mm-hmm. but they're unable to send something to you because they rely on the uh, the US mail service
1: living in uh, you know they they claimed that uh, rural housing makes it difficult to count all the people mm-hmm. yes that that much is true, and I uh, I have rural housing, and and that that's fine. I didn't I didn't put up a box uh, for the government uh, the, 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 for the government to take from me, which is what a U.S. mailbox is. They claim yeah. you know they, they claim that once you have I guess it's once you have U.S. mail written on it that you can no mm. longer that no one can put anything in it besides U.S. mail, which I find to be abhorrent since I yeah, went an and insult. bought it. Right. And if my friend wants to put something in that box for me, that's none of the government's
0: business. Absolutely. I remember when I first found that out, I was appalled by it. I, I, w- I was much younger and I was walking around my neighborhood that I was growing up in delivering some sort of flyer. I don't even remember what the purpose of it was, but delivering flyers to people. And of course, I was just opening people's mailboxes and putting them in there until I came across a group of people sitting out in front of their yard who uh, promptly informed me as I opened their mailbox that, uh, that I was committing some sort of federal crime uh, by doing that. And I was just astounded. By by learning that. So, David Kramer over at lewrockwell.com makes some interesting observations about the census form. He points out that, Why doesn't the census form mention any penalty if I don't fill out the form, nor mention any penalty if I give false information? It doesn't ask for my social security number for a change. There isn't even a place for me to sign the form.
1: I saw the social security number on the uh, on the proposed form
0: that, that I saw, so oh. whatever. I'm comparing this to the income tax form and all of its warnings and required signature. Even the mattress you buy for your bed has a tag that says it should not be removed under the penalty of law. It says the envelope that the form is mailed in does say your response is required by law, but that envelope's not a legal document. We'll get to a little bit more of this year's census talk in a moment. Also, your calls about what you want at 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The Stakel CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Coming up, Mark's going to share a story about a kind of disturbing ruling out of Massachusetts Supreme Court. We'll get to that here in a bit. 800-259-9231. Also want to invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy the website, the fact that all the features there are totally free... Well, then we'd ask for your voluntary support. Head on over to amp.freetalklive.com. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. Certainly would appreciate your help because we reinvest that money into the show and get on more radio stations as a result. Bringing more internet listeners on board as well. We just restarted the uh, the Google AdWords a couple weeks ago, and I, I reworded the ads a little bit and been, have been getting some pretty good response, getting like a 3% uh, click-through ratio on a couple of the uh, the, the searches that uh, that people do. I don't so, know
1: if that's good or bad, but I, I think 3% is pretty darn good. Yeah. I
0: mean, if, if you're getting 1%, I think you're doing all right. 3%, I think you're doing fairly well. Uh, so head on over to amp.freetalklive.com and get all the details on the program. You'll learn about some of the perks that you get access to as a result of being a Free Talk Live amplifier, like the amp-only forum, the, uh, the amp-only podcast as well. And so we're talking briefly here about the census. Uh, I managed to dig my form out of the trash, uh, during the break. He's not kidding, folks. Nope. Uh, and David Kramer over at lewrockwell.com, has pointed out here that the envelope that the form is mailed in does say that your response is required by law, but the envelope's not a legal document, just like the Declaration of Independence isn't a legal document. The outer envelope isn't even addressed to you, uh, but it is addressed to the address. It's sent to resident at whatever your address might happen to be. So they don't even know who you are. Uh, No penalty warning. I love that. Right. No penalty warning, no social security number required, no signature required. So he's just kind of making some observations uh, about the form here because people are, some people are scared that if they don't send this in that there's going to be a $100 fine uh, that is assessed to them.
1: Right. And one has to wonder, you know, like who uh, – you know, they don't know who lives there. At least they're nope. not claiming to know who lives there. How can they charge anyone in the House with anything – if they don't know who lives there. I don't think they can. They can't. Right. That, that, that's really the long and the short of it. Um, you know, if I wouldn't tell the census worker my name, that no. would be important. So if the house is in your name, hi, are you Mr. Edge? No. <laughs> who's asking? You know, or whatever. You know, what what's
0: who, who, who's asking? And then they'll have to tell you or whatever. Yeah. You have no obligation to answer their questions. Yeah. Mr. Edge isn't here right now. So uh so I still plan on answering the door when they come here with a video camera and asking them some questions. Like if you're asking questions, then they then you're not answering their questions, right? So that if you feel like talking to them, that might be a way to go about it.
1: I but think it's fine if this is uh if this is one how one wishes to uh amuse oneself.
0: This is how I intend to amuse myself right, in the but next but few months.
1: Don't expect it. Don't expect that the, uh, the extraordinarily low-level government bureaucrat – I mean, this is this is a part-time government bureaucrat yeah. – is going to have any answers for you.
0: I mean, all you're going to do oh, – No, is- no. They've got their script or whatever it is that they're following, and I, I understand that. So, yeah, you definitely don't want to give them any identifying information. Anything that you give them, they will probably try to use against you. But even if they do figure out who you are somehow, maybe they – it's they my ask neighbors, ask I know neighbors. Yeah. yeah, right. So uh, so if they go and they do that, and then all of a sudden a threat comes to you saying that, well, if you don't fill this out, you're going to have to pay $100. Well, why don't you just find out what happens? See if they can somehow do that to you. I I, I suppose they could jack it from your IRS uh, check. I suppose that's a possibility. But blogofbile.com, uh, the guy how behind that website. Without,
1: is, how can they charge you without some kind of hearing?
0: Well, they can do whatever they want (laughs) to do, right? I mean, the TSA does that. Yeah. they they Remember, they send people fines to their home if they get caught with something that they're not supposed to have.
1: It's completely unenforceable. Right. They
0: snatch it from them and then they send a fine. Well, our friend Russell Canning, one of the activists up here, uh, received one of these fines. I think it was in the amount of $2,500 or something like that. It was something outrageous. And he's never paid it. Okay. Of course, Russell also I don't don't think pays taxes either, so I don't know if they would try to again levy it from uh, from taxes. But if you're gonna pay it anyway, if you're the kind of person that's like, well, I'll just pay the hundred dollars. Well, why don't you just not pay the hundred dollars and see what happens? I can tell you that I plan on if they somehow find out who I am, uh, not paying them. Maybe I should talk to my tenants though and tell them not to. Uh, I don't think that, any info. I don't
1: think that you know the, <laughs> that people telling somebody at a door next door identifies who necessarily comes to who lives there. Mm-hmm. Well. Ian Freeman lives there. Well, just because you answered, you know, somebody answered the door with a video camera doesn't mean that that person is Ian Freeman. No, that's true. I mean, they just don't have anything there.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either. So we'll see how this develops here over time. Uh, The census form is out and it's in mailboxes around the country. If you want to share your experiences, we'd love to hear from you. Let's go to Tom, listening in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yeah.
4: Now, the form asks for person number one. And then person number two, who is related to person number one? How are you related to them, if any? Person number three, person number four, how are these people, Mm -hmm. and so on. How are these people related to person number one? So if you leave the thing totally blank, if you don't have any numbers to any persons, the fine goes to person number one. Mm -hmm. Okay. But there is no person number one. Right. So which, which person is person number one? How can they find person number one when nobody uh, is is like nobody is person number one because nobody filled out the form identifying somebody to be person number one. Right. And, However, more rebellion value I find is what I did. I put down the correct number of people who live here, and the names of each one. Okay, name, rank, and serial number. Well, I just name and then. <laughs> When it, the only thing I put down was race, because I get to put down uh, other and then fill in human race, which is, for rebellion value, more valuable, more enjoyable than leaving it blank. Okay, it, it goes because a it step further up. than... Because, no, if everybody puts down human race, see, then th- this is more rebellious than leaving it blank saying something nasty or obnoxious or sarcastic is is more fun than remaining silent
1: but what what's the what's the value in the the sort of the long run i'm trying to get where you're going with it i i don't disagree with your point tom i i think there might be more value in it what is you know what when they get human race there it's going to screw up their numbers as far as race and that is their most their their biggest demo they really care very much about that one
4: and i don't uh, encourage people to lie about any of the stuff over there, but if you're going to lie about your race, put down something outrageous like like Guamanian, okay? <laughs> because th- then you're going to have have like 83 times as many people putting down that they're Guamanian than they actually are, and so that, that'll I mean garbage in, garbage out. But that, but, that so sounds like a kind who of wanna fun mess way. Things
0: up. That sounds like kind of a fun way to uh, to answer it. If you feel like you are one of those people, like Wayne, uh, for instance, our Wednesday night co-host, he says he's going to fill out the one question about, you know, the constitutional question about how many people are in your household. And that sounds like kind of a fun way to, uh, t- t- to do that. If you're going to fill some of it out, you might as well put in human race or something like yeah, that. Yeah, And
1: I'm morally opposed to filling oh. out the race question, but I kind of like this human race thing. Um, you know, I, I, will, I will admit to that. Um, so, yeah, so, neat, idea. Yeah, it's, it's and, neat uh, idea. And
4: also, one other thing I did just for fun, and that is there's this barcode that you ha- you have to fill, uh, put the form into the envelope so that the barcode shows up. But you can take a black pen and fill <laughs> in some of uh, the parallel lines there and extend some of the short lines that, are, that don't stick all the way up or stick all the way down or the one on the left there. You can... Fill fill in those a little bit and so that way it won't scan. And if they take a look closely, at, oh somebody get filled in you know, just for fun. Okay. See you gotta Good have stuff. some fun with the bureaucrats. You too, might as so. well
0: have fun with them. Absolutely, Tom. Any other tips you wanna share?
4: Uh No, but uh, hey, you only get this chance once every 10 years. You might yeah. as well make the most of it and have as much fun as you can. Okay, Very good,
0: sir. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. So share your tips, uh, your suggestions. How are you handling the census? What's your approach? Are you going to be uh, ignoring it completely? Will you be going Tom's route and giving them silly information? Uh, something else entirely that we haven't thought of yet. One 9231 Mark, you're not doing anything because you haven't even gotten the form. Uh, we know that Wayne's yeah. They'll probably just-
1: come to my house. Um, and we have one of those. Uh, it's a motion detecting uh sprinkler head oh, really? to keep uh critters, uh, big critters in mm-hmm. our case, uh, away from the garden. Maybe I could put it on in the uh, the drive, you know, the area where cars drive up because we park inside in the uh you know in, in the sanctity of the garage. However, somebody who's visiting. <laughs>
0: (laughs) It's going to try to get them off the lawn. Let's talk to Roy in New New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Roy.
5: Hey there, guys. I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about uh, two personal experiences I've had with uh, these surveillance cameras.
3: Okay, Okay, sure.
5: I know you guys mentioned about how England has so many, it hasn't cut down on crime and stuff. Well, a few years ago, our mayor got the bright idea that to fight crime, he needed to uh, watch everybody.
0: What What city is this?
5: Uh, this is in Buffalo.
0: Okay, Buffalo. I'll tell you what. If you can hang through the news, we'll bring it back. You can tell us your stories in detail. So uh, hang on. 800-259-9231. Also, coming up, I believe we've got Pete Ayer with us from MotorhomeDiaries.com to talk about his encounter uh, with some obnoxious cops and how he handled them here in moments. Hour number two is on the way.
3: How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long.
0: Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We've got Roy on the line with us to start things out here this hour in New York. Roy, you were just about to get into a story in the last hour of the program, uh, but you barely had time to get started. So for all our listeners just tuning in, bring them up to speed and go ahead with your story.
5: Uh, yeah, there's uh, just two experiences. One of them was pretty brief. It's about uh, the surveillance cameras that our mayor is so proud of that he uh, put all over our city. This one is of Buffalo, them went, Buffalo, New York. Yeah, and one of them uh, went on the corner right near my house. Oh, boy. Which I never really liked because, you know, it was like every time I walked out my front door, I felt like the man was watching me. That's you creepy. Know? yeah it, it especially right outside my house. I don't want that there, you know what I mean, but
1: yeah, you know you could be out there in your bathroom going to get the morning paper and you uh, walk a little too briskly and it flaps open, and there it is for everyone to see.
5: you know what I would moon that camera every day if I didn't want to worry about what the neighbors <laughs> thought of me, but I want to keep good terms with them, so right. I don't do that but uh <laughs> but I point taken um. But yeah, you guys mentioned how there's statistics that say they don't reduce crime. Here's some interesting anecdotal evidence of things that have happened since uh, we got these cameras. <clears throat> now, this neighborhood, I describe it to people as being like a pretty tough neighborhood. There's a lot of uh, fights out, fist fights and stuff. There is um, people selling drugs a lot and things like that. But there's not really a whole lot of property crime. I don't know anybody recently that has had their house broken into or their car broken into you know people leave everybody else's stuff alone i think because they're worried about getting a beat down if they do something you know gotcha gosh so i don't mind it actually i like it that way the way i put it is that if you're not looking for trouble you you won't find it but if you are you'll find it in a hurry hmm. anyway uh this is uh in the summertime and especially in the summer when it's, the weather's nice and there's no school the kids will be out all night, you know, partying and drinking across the street and whatever. And, you know, every now and then you get fights and that sort of thing, especially once they've been drinking for a while. Sure. But I was going to bed around uh, 3 o'clock. It was a weekend, and um, I had my window open. And I start hearing everybody screaming and yelling outside. So I said, oh, wow, cool, there's going to be a fight. So I go and, you know, I ran outside to watch the fight, and it broke up right away. And uh, you know, groups of people separated and they went their own ways. So, I went back to sleep. And then, over the course of the night, I woke up. I'm a pretty heavy sleeper, but I woke up uh, two or three more times of people yelling and everything. And you know, I woke up just enough to say, "Oh, there's another fight going on." But I didn't. I didn't wake up enough to really care. I just went right back to sleep until six in the morning and the rock the the noise out there was insane. All these people screaming, tires squealing and all this stuff. So I'm like, "Holy hell, something's going on out there." And basically what happened, this fight had been going on like over the course of the night. You know, the people get back together and they'd rumble for a little bit. All this is right across the street from the street cameras. They're there to keep us safe, okay? <laughs> uh, uh...
0: And 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 they're obvious, I presume, right? I mean, the camera's existence is not. Oh necessarily yeah, it's hidden. got
5: a flashing light on it, you know.
0: Flashing the, light.
5: The, yeah, it's got a flashing blue light up on the lamppost and the and the dome and all that. I mean, everybody knows what they are. And uh, so what wound up happening at the climax of this, you know, all night fighting was something pretty serious. It, I've lived here for a long time. It hasn't happened like this before. Uh, I mean, one person wound up getting stabbed. Another person wow. was wound up getting run over by a car. Uh, another person pulled a uh, no-parking sign out of the road and swung it at the car, and they broke their back when that happened. Oh, so, God. like, all this stuff happened. This was a big mess. They had the streets shut down for hours.
0: Wow, right in front of the monitoring camera.
5: Yeah. Amazing. And uh, it turns out that one of my neighbors, one of her nephew or someone that's distantly related to her was somehow involved in this, I found out a, a while later, and uh, I said, well, whatever happened to that? And she says, oh, well, they said the cameras weren't turned on, or they weren't working that night or something like that, you know? <laughs> and these just... things are still pretty new. And I just want to make the point that this fight thing was brewing over, from when I went to bed at 3 over the course of 3 hours, there are fights breaking out, all, you know, at least 2 or 3 more times mm-hmm. uh, right across from the camera, and then they wind up getting stabbed. Even if they didn't have the camera there, there are at least 20 witnesses. And if the cops really gave a damn about finding people, they did wind up arresting some people. But there are so many people there that, you know what I mean? You'd talk to these people, and their friend got all jacked up, so they'll say this person did it, or this is the description. You know, you don't even. The cameras, first of all, even if they were working properly, they're unnecessary. And second of all, they didn't do anything to prevent it. And third of all, you know, they're just. You know, they, it didn't do anything. Yep. You know, they said so we couldn't get the footage. So that was that was one. So I feel a little bit better now about having it outside of my house. You know, if they're not going to look for something like that, then what do they want to watch me for? <laughs> well, they, but, uh,
0: famous last words, man. Yeah, yeah that. <laughs> you know, true. they might end they up citing you for uh, for having your grass growing too tall with the camera or something like that. Who, yeah, who knows I got
5: what, another a shorter story though, right, that's kind it. of funny about that too. Um, Again, in the summertime, because that's when most of the – everybody gets kind of crazy outside. Uh, These two girls are are going at it, and they're fighting outside. And so I go out to watch and grab a beer and stuff, and, you know, they're pulling hair and, you know, kicking each other and slapping each other and all that. I forget what it was over, some guy or something that they were both sleeping with. I don't know. So – and they start yelling at each other, like, come on, bitch, come on, come on. And, you know, and she Mm. says – you're not going to do anything. That camera's right up there. And then the other girl started beating on her and wow. said, them cops will see through that camera that you're the one that started this, so I could kick your ass in front of the camera.
0: <laughs> hey, thanks for the story tonight, uh, Roy. So I the appreci- camera caused the fight. Uh, to some extent, it certainly didn't stop it. Again, thank you for the stories. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Let's talk to a man who's very familiar with cameras. Uh, he used one within the last few weeks here uh, to defend himself from some uppity cops. Pete Air is with us from MotorhomeDiaries.com. Pete, welcome back to Free Talk Live. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, man, glad you uh, had the time to uh, to give us a call and give us give our listeners uh, a heads up as to what happened to you uh, the other day. I saw the video over at CopBlock.org, which is a, a relatively new website that was started by one of your partners from Motorhome Diaries, uh, Adam. And uh, copblock.org, it's, uh, it's something I've added to my blog aggregator, and uh, it's, it's turning out to be a pretty useful website. He posted the video that, uh, that you took of your recent interaction with some cops down in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Do you want to set the scene for our listeners?
6: Yeah, essentially, uh, it was, uh, I guess it was in the morning last Friday, and uh, my girlfriend was driving to work, and um, she, she texted me and said she had just gotten pulled over. And uh, her work is pretty near, is, is nearby, so I, I figured, hey, I can, I can show up there pretty quick, uh, just make sure there's no, like, shenanigans, make sure she's being treated fairly, uh, things like that. So I, uh, I got in, in um, Marv and drove around and figured out where she was, parked um, out of the area so they wouldn't know what I was uh, driving, mm-hmm. and then uh, came back on foot. And I got there right at the end of the traffic stop, and essentially she had been stopped because she was on her cell phone while she was driving and. Santa Fe just outlawed that, the bureaucrats did. Oh, boy. So when I walked up, you know, the the, uh, the, the cop was uh, Officer Cardova, I believe is his name. He was uh, just finishing up giving her the ticket. So then she, he, he told me, he, you know, that he was on a traffic stop, and I said, all right, I'll stand out of the way. So I stood across the street, you know, maybe 20 or 30 feet away and just filmed it. And, uh, you know, a minute later, Al, uh, my girlfriend had taken off, and he got back in his car, so I figured, you know, that may be the end of it. And so I started walking away. Uh, but I continued to roll, and Casey he uh, uh, tried to interact with me, which I thought he might because you know I was open carrying. New Mexico is an open carry state, and, and I choose to exercise my rights. Um, so he he uh, soon enough uh, rolled upon me and started qu- asking me about that that I that I had a brought a firearm to his stop, and and he asked me for my name, and I refused to uh, give it to him, and I asked him you know if I was free to go, and he said I was. So I continued on my way, but he followed me you know like a few miles an hour, really slow. Uh, for about three three or four blocks uh, until he pulled over on the curb and, and, and uh, told me to stop. And that he told me his supervisor had told him uh, to uh, engage me in conversation to ascertain my identity. Um, and so while I was talking to him for a little bit, uh, then like, one of his colleagues rolled up. So I was, I was talking to two officers from Santa Fe PD. And essentially they asked me for my ID. They asked me for my name. And- they actually
0: demanded your ID, but you never ended up giving it to them. And we'll get into the finer points if you don't mind hanging on, right? Can you stick with us? i good. All right, great. More with Pete Ayer here in a moment from MotorhomeDiaries.com. We'll find out what happened uh, with the pushy cops in New Mexico and how Pete was able to walk away from it all. More come up. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the cai toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you and Mark. Join us online at FreeTalkLive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's FreeTalkLive.com, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, all you have to do is click and download right there from the front page of the website. You can also go into our podcast and go all the way back to the very beginning of 2009. Archives free for you at freetalklive.com.
1: If you've got uh, foreclosures, bankruptcies, judgments, liens, collections, late payments on your credit file, or you don't even know if you've got them on there, you should go check out cleaningcredit.com. They will help you to dispute uh, any derogatory credit that's currently on your credit report. And so if you're looking to buy a car or a house, this is something you really need to take care of it can save you thousands over the course of a of a mortgage and certainly certainly hundreds maybe a, a few thousand on a on a car loan it's cleaningcredit.com they're rated by they're they're part of the Better Business Bureau for more than 6 years and rated number 1 by the Consumer Advocacy Group of America these people are not some fly by night organization check them out at cleaningcredit.com
0: we're talking with Pete Eyre from motorhomediaries.com and uh, Pete you're back with us on Free Talk Live thanks for uh, sticking around there is a YouTube video that our listeners uh, should definitely go and take a look at over at copblock.org. It's not the top. Uh, it's not the top entry right now. It is the second from the top as uh, we're doing the show on Tuesday night here, called "Standing Your Ground Against Police," and it's a video of you uh, being confronted by a couple of New uh, Mexican police. The uh, town of Santa Fe or the city of Santa Fe. Pete, are you there? Yes, I am. So you you originally had gone out in the morning uh, because you'd gotten a phone call from your girlfriend. She had been pulled over. Uh, You just wanted to go out with your camera just to make sure that everything was uh, was was okay because you know that the police have a tendency to make crap up and you know who knows what they uh, who knows what they'll do. They tend to behave a little be uh, a little better when they're being watched. So you went out with your video camera. You were open carrying at the time because, as you point out, that's legal in New Mexico. And uh, once they let your girlfriend go, you started to walk away from the scene after uh, one of the cops attempted to uh, to to ascertain your identity. You walked away and then he slowly followed you kind of in a uh, an intimidating fashion, waited for his backup to arrive. And then both of them came up and confronted you and attempted to uh, to extract your identity from you. What uh, what else transpired? What else uh, can you share?
6: Yeah, I mean, you pretty much summarized it pretty well up until that point. Uh, they they uh, pretty much demanded my ID, and, um, you know, I uh, repeatedly asked, am I legally required to present that? Um, and they both told me, uh, you know, per New Mexico law, yes. And, you know, one of them said you need a permit to, to uh, carry a firearm in New Mexico, and, and, you know, I corrected them on both of those counts, and, you um, Uh, they They they, lied to you i mean
0: they just and and you point this out in the video multiple times you actually put up on the screen lie uh when you (laughs) identify when they were just lying to you and mark and i were actually talking about this last night uh on the on the program and how the police are essentially allowed to tell lies they're trained to tell lies to the people that they're questioning in order to get them to essentially do what they want them to
6: yeah you're right and uh, a lot of the essentially, like, the, the video that, that is published on, on uh, Coplog that we're talking about, I think the value of it is just to see, like, hey, you can't up for your rights, and you can, you don't have to give in, you can peacefully, like, walk away and not, not uh, submit to their um, intimidation, their inquiries. I mean, you'll see in the tape, like, they, they both, you know, had their hand on their belt, and they, they both kind of took steps toward me, and, mm-hmm. they, you know, we can do this one of two ways. You can cooperate, you can come down to the situation, and, Actually, there's a third way. You can say no, and uh, you're free to go. I mean, they have no right to stop you and demand your ID. And I think one of the most, um, one of the best questions I had them was, you know, when, when the, the second officer showed up, uh, demanded my ID, I said, hey, is this what you do to everybody? He, he said, we want to make sure you're not a felon. And I said, well, just, is this what uh, you guys do to everybody open-carrying? You stop them and demand your ID? I mean, because that's not legal for uh, the laws that they swear to uphold. So. Um, he didn't you know respond to that and he gave me like a another story about someone who did submit but so the value I think of this video is just just one of education to to encourage people to know their rights and to stand up for them
0: absolutely um, and it's not a, it's not an easy thing to do when especially when you're all alone as you were here and you don't necessarily see any evidence that there, there was really anybody else around on this street besides you and these cops uh it's you the video camera and the two police uh, things went, I think, as well as they could have, especially since you were actually able to walk away. You did ask this uh, a question, am I legally required to uh, to show you that when they were asking you for your identification? And they, they lied to you and claimed that you were. You never right. ended up showing them anything, and you ended up walking away from the scene. So clearly, if you were legally required to... To, somehow to uh, to identify yourself to these people then they should have chased after you and put you under arrest
6: right yeah and actually i think to me they're uh they seem pretty dumbfounded when i did actually walk away they, you know <laughs> i it clearly hadn't had a situation happen before
0: right um, he I actually says in the video that he's never had anyone refuse to show him id Does, doesn't not he say that at some point
6: yeah yeah what do i have to hide you know that's uh what they say like you said, I mean, this goes back to the conversation you guys had yesterday about uh, cops lying. Uh, our friends over at Flex Your Rights, I mean, they'll tell us stories about people um, all the time, like driving, and maybe they get pulled over, and the cop asks them if they have uh, drugs in the car, and they say, no, I don't, and the cop says, well, if you tell them there's drugs in the car, then the penalties are only half as much, or, <laughs> you know, they'll just make things up, and yep. that's totally that's not true, so, yep. I mean... I mean, in retrospect, I could have done some things better in the video. I could have, the first time I asked if I was free to go, if I was being detained, I should have left then and not you know, allowed it to go on another couple minutes. But other than that, I was pretty happy with how it turned out so, I think
0: I think so. The 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 one the one maybe critique, uh, hopefully constructive critique I might have right. is with the question: Am I legally required to do whatever it is they're demanding? Uh, right. it, it seems like when you ask that question, because I've heard other people ask it on videos as well, you always get a yes from a cop. I mean, if you ask, "Am I legally required to do fill in the blank, whatever the demand is?" It's right. it's inevitable the cop is going to say yes. Now you did the smart thing and followed it up with, "Well, can you go ahead and show me the uh, the statute that." Uh, you know that, that it, this that shows me that this is required, and of course he was not willing or interested in, uh, in doing yeah, something like that. Cops don't
1: show statutes anyway. But,
0: but how about this for a rephrasing of the am I legally required? What obligation do I have to blah blah blah? So rather right. than asking them if, just like a yes or no question where they will always say yes, you ask them a little bit more of an open-ended well, what obligation do I have to do this? And then that kind of gets, puts them in a corner of trying to explain how you would somehow be obligated to do that, and I don't know, they, I don't know how they would respond to it. I've never heard anyone ask it on video, so just a suggestion.
6: Yeah, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll try it if there's ever a, another instance like this.
0: <laughs> you seem to have a number of these things with yeah. uh, you walking about from place to place, and the and the police uh, encountering you. So who knows? It it may very well happen again. But the the best part about it was where you basically just and what was the question that you asked before you walked away? Was it am I free to go, or was it? I I don't recall what it was.
6: I was being detained, and then I asked him i free to go. And you know, like it was interesting because right after um, my girlfriend had driven away from the scene, when I was just dealing with the one officer in his squad car, he I asked him if I was free to go, and he said yes. But then later, when it was him and his colleague, you know, they they uh, didn't answer me right away, and you know, they just kept fishing around, and he kept, you know, I, don't, I honestly I wanted to ask him the first officer, Officer Cardoza, He said that, uh, you know, he he's concerned for his safety. I just showed up on his traffic stop at a farm. And honestly, I'm concerned for my girlfriend's safety. I mean, she's dealing with somebody, some stranger she doesn't know, and he has a firearm.
0: It's like, hey, dude, you've got a firearm, too. You've got a gun right on your hip. What's the problem? Hey, Pete, we've got some people with questions for you. Can you hang with us? All right, great. More with Pete Ayer from MotorhomeDiaries.com. We'll take your calls here in a moment for him at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Control of the airwaves, and bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll free at 1 800 259 9231. The SACL CAI toll free line 800 259 9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And that's freetalklive.com, putting the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of this program. You can head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see that. And the Shrine of Female listeners is brought to you by manchesterbrewing.com. As we go back to Pete Ayers with us from motorhomediaries.com. Uh, the motorhome trip is over, but Marv is still out there. In fact, uh, Marv is uh, is still in your possession, Pete. I know that you guys were talking about maybe auctioning it off at some point. Just as an aside, uh, what's what's going on with that?
6: Yeah, so essentially, uh, originally, um, to back up a little bit, Marv was bought uh, by Jason Talley and myself. We each paid half for Marv, so we're both co-owners. So uh, after we got off the road in late October, early November, Jason had been living out of Marv in the Bay Area in, in uh, California, and uh, he just left it in Albuquerque um, this past Monday, and uh, I picked it up there and uh, I'm in Santa Fe with it now. But actually tomorrow morning I'm going to leave with it and uh, make my way up to Adam Miller's place in uh, Wisconsin over the next two or three days. But we're gonna, uh, Adam's going to fly into Denver Airport tomorrow. We're going to visit the Liberty on the Rock crew out there and uh, make our way back. And we're actually going to start, start working on the uh, MHD documentary. So looking forward to that.
0: Cool. So, are you guys still planning on selling uh, Marv? And of course, for those that don't know, Marv is uh, your loving name for the motorhome that uh, was part of MotorhomeDiaries.com.
6: Yeah, uh, we're thinking about either auctioning it or off, or one of us may try to buy the other one out and either like use it to live in or as a business, rent it out to like other freedom groups. So we're still dealing with that.
0: Right on. Well, let's get back to the story here. Uh, Over at copblock.org, people can see the video. It's under the the post called Standing Your Ground Against the Police of you uh, versus a couple of uh, New Mexico uh, police officers from the uh, city of Santa Fe that uh, were harassing you because you were open carrying. And not only that, you were open carrying with a video camera. So uh, they decided to pick on you and were demanding your identification. One of them was talking about how, uh, how intimidated he was by the fact that you were open carrying and of course uh it needed i think it should have been mentioned that they were open carrying as well uh but nonetheless uh they i, I doubt that would have done anything to uh, to persuade them to leave you alone what you ended up doing which was incredibly effective was essentially asking if you were being detained and by the way i noticed did they ever actually answer that question i haven't had a chance to review the the tape today or the uh, the, the video today because i was trying to pull it up during the break but youtube's been going pretty slow Uh, did they ever actually answer the question? Because I remember at one point they came back with another question to you, like, well, do you have your ID, instead of answering whether or not you were being detained.
4: Yeah. The
6: the first cop, Officer Cardova that um, had pulled over my girlfriend, uh, he answered me the first time, you know, when he stopped me initially, uh, before he followed me for a few blocks, and then he and his colleague uh, questioned me. But So the first time I was questioned, he was sitting in a squad car, and he, and I asked him if I was being detained and, and am I free to go and he said no, you're not being detained. So I said alright, you know, see ya. And uh, went, went on my way. But the second time when his colleagues were talking to me, they never answered that question until the very end when I did leave.
0: Right. Well, yeah, I still I still don't know if they actually answered it because I was listening to you uh I I listened to a clip of it and yeah. you were essentially saying that well since you weren't being detained, you were just going right. to go ahead and be on your way and they never rebutted it. It didn't it just seemed like they never even bothered to answer the question and it seems like if they don't answer it, then that might as well be taken as a no.
6: Yeah, that's true. That's exactly what happened. I said, "You know, I'm not being detained. I'm going to be free to go on my way." You know, I wish you gentlemen a good day or something It was very like that.
0: Jedi mind trick feeling. I'm going to be free to go on my way. It, <laughs> sounded, it sounded very Star Wars. <laughs> right on. So we've actually got some people with some questions for you here, uh, and I'm glad you've got the time to be able to field them because we're going to start, ladies first, with Michelle in Tennessee. Michelle, you're on with Pete Ayer from MotorhomeDiaries.com. Hello. Hey, Michelle. You're on with Pete. Hey,
7: Michelle. hey Pete. It's Michelle. How you doing?
6: Good to hear from you. I'm doing well. How you been?
7: I'm Good. Do you think that the um, result of uh, uh, your being released had anything to do with the fact that you were with beautiful Allison as opposed to the knuckle-draggers that you had in with you and Marv when you were in uh, Laurel?
6: That could have been part of it. I mean, uh, <laughs> I think a lot, large part was the fact that I had a video camera. I think uh, it probably would have been a lot more aggressive or, you know, if, if I wasn't capturing uh, their actions on film.
7: Mm -hmm. so um you know as i was as i've been writing my little notes and everything for this weekend i was thinking about you guys and am i going to see you in new hampshire uh
6: i mean unfortunately um i'm not going to be going to liberty forum this year it's the first one i'm missing out of the uh
0: this will be the fourth but well jason's going to be there right i think jason talley is scheduled to speak
7: Jason yep, came yep. through and stayed at my place with the Antigone and the other crew. And the um, folks we had from the Liberty another.
0: Caravan, right?
7: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, five of them ended up crashing at my house, including, you know, floor space and everything. It was a good time. But, um, you know, I was it, so as I was saying, I was writing these notes and I was thinking about you guys. And one thing that you all taught me when, you know, over the course of the few days that we spent together here and in Mississippi was that you guys are very um, keen on educating people. And as I was listening to your story with the cops and everything, um, sure, their natural inclination is to use the arrows and their quiver, which are, you know, force, fraud, um, coercion, and violence. And <clears throat> I think it's really great the way you, um, you know, you were cordial and polite and not obnoxious or whatever, and, and in fact, you re-educated those, those police officers and hopefully they're going to, um, you know, think about that process it, and it's going to to help them in their job in the future. And, uh, you know, it's the kids and I had this, a similar experience when we were at the DMV getting permits and stuff where these people had no idea why my kids don't have Social Security numbers. And they never heard of such a wow. thing. Just like, you know, the police officer saying, what, what, ah, w- uh, what do you mean? <laughs> you know? And it's funny when you see these people challenged that, you know, if you can do it politely and civilly and everything, that not always, but sometimes they can actually, um be enlightened and be and have that you know epiphany or that light bulb go off and be better for it and so it's certainly going to give them something to, for... to
0: think about there's uh, there's no doubt about that michelle thank you so much for the call tonight and i guess we'll see you uh coming up here in the, at the liberty forum looking forward to that uh pete your response to that
6: yeah uh that's right i think uh, hopefully for these individual officers maybe next time around or their colleagues i'm sure they talked about you know them having a guy who refused to give id and who walked away you know maybe they'll uh treat um open carriers that they deal with better in the future, but, I mean, I don't really see a systemic change until we change the institution itself, which, you know, rests on a monopoly of violence. So uh, what my, you know, what I try to do is just educate, like, people like myself or people who do want to, you know, live free um, so they can exercise their rights, because if, if we don't do it today, like, that video... Uh, in question ended with, you know, just think how hard it's going to be for future generations, you
0: know. So absolutely, uh, let's continue here. I think we've got John on the line in California. John, you're on with Pete Air from MotorhomeDiaries.com.
8: Hi, uh, Pete. I was uh, mainly calling in. Uh, this is John, I uh, wanted to thank you for the great work you did there.
6: Appreciate um,
8: it. And I had comment on that. I, I'm doing a little right now at Coplock too, okay. and. uh, you had mentioned earlier that you thought maybe you you could have done a little better. I think the open carry kind of negated that. I mean, uh, you certainly handled everything right the way I see it. I would just say to most people, you stick with uh, the average situation. Most people are not open carrying, yeah. and so that kind of complicated uh, your situation. You didn't do anything wrong. That's really why the cops were were perturbed. But you just stick right. with: am I being am I under arrest or am I being detained? And then, am I free to go, or so I'm free to go? Right. And uh, that—that's what the average uh, uh, person asks. And I've, I've been in so many of these situations myself. And they—they they are dumbfounded when you do that. Right. And if you, anyone watching that video can see, the cops were on the defensive because they were wrong. They had no business coming up to you in the first place. Tell you what, we can and bring you, you both
0: it, back here in a moment, John. If you got more comments, hang on, Pete. You can stick through one more segment, right?
6: Right on, sir. All
0: right, great. More with Pete Eyre from Motorhomediaries.com. If you've got a question for him, good time would be now to call in 800 259 9231. He's showing people how to stand up for themselves. I think it's incredibly valuable. See the video over at CopBlock.org. There's more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This
4: is
0: Free Talk Live, you can bring up whatever's on your mind, dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL-CAI, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free on the site, so do enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to promote us by going to promote.freetalklive.com. There's a whole list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. And like we're talking with uh, Pete Eyre here, show them how to uh, defend themselves or uh, to uh, against the obnoxious police trying to uh, essentially step all over your freedom. We'll get back to Pete here in a moment. The Institute for Humane
1: Studies summer inter, excuse me summer s- seminar program is now accepting applications. Uh, there are 11 different seminars all over the country in major cities. The IHS provides meals and housing while you're there. Uh, there's two new seminars this this year. It's Liberty and Education and Liberty and Leviathan: Policy from the Libertarian Perspective. The deadline to sign up for these, if you're in you know of college age, just before college, just after college, or in college. Is March the thirty-first? Go to Seminars dot com. That's Seminars dot com.
0: All right, we continue here. Pete Air is with us from motorhomediaries dot com, and uh, Pete, are you there, sir?
6: Yeah, I'm there. And if I can follow up on that ad from Mark, I used to work at IHS, and it's a great group. And anybody listening that's in college, I encourage you to apply.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff. Sounds like a hell of a deal. I mean, housing and meals paid for. <laughs> They're and just trying you, to spread liberty, man. Right, and you get to learn about freedom and network with other freedom-minded people. I mean, what could be better than that? Uh, cool. So, so oh, John was on with us, and I think we still have him. John, in California, you had some comments for Pete, so I wanted to make sure you had a chance to uh, get your thoughts out.
8: Yeah. Uh, no, I'll uh, just say so we can get on to the next caller. Again, great work, Pete, and we need more people out there doing this. That's Appreciate it. it, John. Thanks, thank John. You for for the okay.
0: thank, thank you, John. Uh, So, yeah, Pete, how can more people people, uh, get on board uh, here? Because obviously watching your video over at copblock.org is a good first step to kind of get inspired about what's possible when it comes to interacting with the police. The uh, post, again, is standing your ground against police. It's over at copblock.org. There's about a 10-minute video there that you can watch. Uh, That's a good way to get started and get inspired. But, I mean, would you recommend that people have access to a video camera at all times? Would that be helpful?
6: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the video camera that I usually carry around that I use when we're on MHD, um, you know, I got it's refurbished. I got online for two hundred bucks, and it does the job well. Otherwise, you can get a little, you know, even an audio recorder that's that's small. You know, you don't have to spend that much money, twenty or thirty bucks. And you know that it, you gotta you gotta remember, like if you do go to court or you get charged with something, like it's it's often your word against the cops, and the cops that's the reality in the courtroom. So if you can record it somehow, you can uh, have a lot better, better chance of of uh, being vindicated for your rights being violated.
1: Yeah, and different and different uh, states are different about recording. Um, I, I do think it's a better idea to uh, to record the situation and just claim that it's a public servant and he has no right to or expectation yep. of, uh, of privacy. Um, but I, I just want people to understand. And another thing I want people to understand about this stop is, although um, things turned out well for you, to some extent you got lucky, right? I mean, like the cops could have drugged you off to jail. Some of them, they do that kind There's of thing. There's always
0: that possibility, yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, and
6: and you know there's the same possibility when we're in uh you know, a lot of instances, a lot of people that uh, listen to Free Talk Live I'm sure are in. But, you know, in the end that, that shouldn't dissuade us from standing up for our rights. If Absolutely. anything it's somebody consulting us and you know, we should just tell them no, you like you're violating our rights and if they want to go that route, you know, you just keep fighting it and you keep uh, doing what's right.
0: Well, there's always that possibility. Whenever you're standing up for yourself and you're standing up for freedom, there's always the chance you're going to be up against a rogue cop who doesn't care about anything, and they're going to go ahead and trump up some some nonsense. They're going to steal your camera. They're going to, you know, steal the tape. They're going
1: even to... if they just claim that you're not complying and take you to jail for the afternoon or something like that. It can be a pain. It can be a pain, and then they'll go through the camera and
0: do their best. There's, to delete There's there's always that chance of of that. But what's a bigger pain, Mark, is when and uh, the police state continues to grow oh, yeah, larger. Yeah, yeah, I'm and not saying so, that it's a bad idea right, to do so, it.
1: I just want people to understand what they're dealing with. You, I mean, uh, Pete didn't necessarily, you know, kick out the right incantation that that dispelled the. Well, uh, no the magic constitution Right, that's right. what I, I want to make clear for people. And I think that to some extent, like people might be hearing that. Right, because no, Pete did act and do the right things in this scenario the
0: magic here is the fact that pete stood up for himself and the the cops didn't really know how to handle that they really i mean the, the cop admits at one point that he's never had this happen before they just aren't used to this level of, uh, of disobedience. They're used to people jumping when they say jump and uh, doing whatever it is they uh, they demand of them. In fact, I did isolate some of disobedience the... Disobedience au- from peaceful people. Like, they're used to all kinds yeah, of disobedience okay,
1: from, from uh, uh, drunks right. and uh, in, in wife beaters and all right. that kind of thing.
0: And as our caller earlier pointed out, Pete was very peaceful, very calm, very collected uh, during this conversation. In fact, I've got the very end of your video here, Pete. I want to play just some of the audio for our listeners. Uh, again, this is from copblock.org. This is a very end when you walk away.
6: Me too. Sure, I appreciate your concern, but per the law, if I'm not being detained, I have not broken any law, I, I do not need to produce identification, so I'm going to leave the scene in a peaceful manner. I wish you guys a good day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he just starts walking away, and the look on the police, I mean, you can't really see their eyes because they've got their trademark dark glasses on, but just the uh, the the stunned demeanor uh, by the police, it's just absolutely priceless.
1: I think in this instance they knew they couldn't detain him, and right. they decided that they were just going to, you know, they're going to play poker with him and see whether he folded. That's right, and he didn't.
6: Right. Yeah, and this is something, you know, maybe a couple years ago I would have. I mean, I, I learned something... Uh, Every time there's such interactions and I learn things from different resources and you just have to, uh, you know, not be intimidated, not be scared. These are just regular people that think they have power because they have a piece of metal on their chest and they have no more rights than you or I. So a good resource for anybody who is interested in open carrying is Mm opencarry.org. I encourage you to check that out. They have uh, pretty easy to read and understand summaries of each state's laws and and they have links for uh, more info if, if that's needed.
0: That's great. And of course, up here in New Hampshire it's also legal, but there uh, despite that, the activists up here have still had problems in the Manchester area. Luckily out in Keene we don't have that issue. Uh they we've never had issues with uh with open carry. Uh, out here, which is nice. So if you're going to stand up for yourself, the best place to do it is where you've got activists backing you up, which is one of the more amazing things about your video, Pete, is you're all alone there. I mean, your girlfriend had left at that time. There was nobody else around. It was you, the cops, and your video camera, and it ended up working out. So it really just goes to show that even in the rest of the country, uh, there's still a chance that standing up for yourself could have uh, a positive effect. And again, uh, all you have to lose is your freedom. If you decide not to stand up for yourself, then, you know, you're just uh, a just a subject and you're just giving up your freedom to these arbitrary the arbitrary rule of uh, of men who believe that they own you and uh g- good on you pete for showing people the way and and helping encourage other people to uh, to stand up for themselves i think that's really the the lesson here is that it can be done you just have to be willing to uh to make that stand
6: right on i appreciate it i couldn't agree more
0: very good, sir. And it's it's a bummer that you're not going to be making it out to the Liberty Forum this year. Will we perhaps see you over the summertime uh, for the Pork Fest?
6: Yeah, most definitely.
0: <laughs> all right, fantastic. Look forward to seeing you then. And uh, anything else you want to share with our listeners tonight, Pete?
6: No, I just want to say, uh, you know, I appreciate what everybody's doing. Um, you know, like, I was there technically, like, physically I was all alone um, last Friday, but I knew that if something were to happen, there would be a lot of people... Uh, coming to my support and and they should know too that if they're in a similar situation I'll, like i'll come to their support and that we're just a big community so we need to support each other and uh, keep advancing this voluntary society
0: very good pete air from motorhomediaries.com and you guys are still posting occasionally updates over at motorhomediaries.com is that the best way for people to follow you i know you have your own blog as well what's the best way for folks to uh, keep up with the latest with pete
6: um, either, t- yeah, Twitter or Facebook, uh, it's just, you know, twitter.com slash Pete air or facebook.com slash Pete
0: air. That's E Y R E is how you spell air for our listeners right. that don't know. Very good. Uh-huh. So great way to keep up to date with you. Also again, motorhomediaries.com still posting updates occasionally there. And of course, copblock.org. which by the way, what's your involvement over at cop block?
6: You know, I just try to uh, help get some eyes on that project. It's great. It's, uh, you know, it's fairly new, as you said earlier, but they've, they've been putting out some real good content and, and pointing out, um, you know, excesses of the state. And uh, what they're really hoping for now is for people that um, are, are checking them out, you know, start standing up for themselves, start submitting their own content, and they just want it to be a clearinghouse of, uh, you know, of, of people learning from each other, sharing ways to stand up to um, to, to uh, the authorities trying to violate their rights and, uh, you know, just showcase uh out-of-control officers, and, and, and one way you can get involved is they always have, uh, you know, call us the police department and, and, you know, inquire what's going on, record it, share share what's going on here, and, and uh, you know, if you're scared about um, your own privacy get, uh, being violated, you can use the uh, cop block number uh, as a callback number, and and uh, it, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, I'm really excited to, to see the growth of that, and there seem to be some real good people loop in, so.
0: Fantastic. Pete, we'll let you go. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time to talk to us tonight and uh, also feeling those phone calls. We appreciate it always uh, having you on the show. Thanks. Keep up the good work, guys. Yes, sir. You too. Appreciate it. Good night. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Again, you can go see Pete's video over at copblock.org. The entry is called Standing Your Ground Against Police. It's a couple entries down from the top of the page right now. Well worth uh, your 10 minutes. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Hour number three is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live.
2: Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond... TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world renowned numismatic expert Ilya Slobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number here is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Just a quick heads-up to my board operator. We are not connected via instant message, so I have no way of knowing if we actually have anybody on the line. (laughs) But you can call in anyway. 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. If you are calling in, you may want to let the board operator know that we're not connected uh, via instant message. Anyway, we're launching here into the third hour of the program, as there they are. As always, uh, you can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever might happen to be on your mind. Uh, Coming up here, Mark, you've got a story to share, in fact, uh, immediately, hopefully. You've got something about uh, the Supreme Court of Massachusetts Ruling on the right to bear arms. I'm not 100% sure if
1: this is the Supreme Court. They
8: oh, call okay. themselves
1: the Supreme Judicial Court. Hmm. And,
0: you know, states... Well, they being, also call themselves the Commonwealth.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that everyone feels wealthy uh, after living in uh, <laughs> Massachusetts. You know, Texas. Okay, uh, anyway, this is coming from Brian Frigga at southcoasttoday.com. I'm going to assume that has something to do with the south coast of something in Massachusetts. The right to bear arms as defined in the Second Amendment, does not apply to the states. So Massachusetts can regulate Hmm. who can have firearms and how those weapons are to be stored. The state's high court ruled Wednesday. The Massachusetts Supreme uh, Judicial Court unanimously dismissed the uh, two challenges to the state's Gun laws that require citizens to register with police departments before acquiring a firearm, as well as keeping guns locked and stored in a locked container or equipped with a trigger lock. The court upheld the conviction of Nathaniel de Pena in New Bedford, a man who is serving a two-year jail sentence for carrying an illegal firearm, his lawyer Paul Patton. So he
0: didn't hurt anybody. He just carried a gun without without mommy government's permission.
1: Right. A gun that the government had not tracked in whatever way they wished to track it. Yeah. Uh, challenged the conviction on the grounds that the state's gun licensing laws were unconstitutional. Patton said the Supreme Court Judicial Court dismissed an opportunity to contribute to the debate surrounding the Second Amendment. I think they could have at least given some guidance on the issue. Patton said this leaves all the main questions unanswered. Not, no, if they dismissed it, that they're not unanswered. (laughs) Meanwhile, law enforcement officials and gun control advocates praise the ruling. We have seen in Bristol County, I believe this is true throughout Massachusetts, 95% of the gun violence committed. They don't talk
0: like that up there.
1: By those that have no lawful right to possess or carry a firearm. This is the thing, though. If people are committing a crime, why do you need an extra law to say that they can't carry a gun? That means that five percent of the people, um, the gun violence is committed by those who have the lawful right to carry carry a, um, a you know a firearm. What that what does this mean? It's it's absolutely untrue. Here, let me see this piece of uh, the, the our our little Bill of Rights here, which you know I don't know why we cling to this thing, um, we we, we, <laughs> we cleave to it. Now I'd like to to I'm going to juxtapose for you the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. This is a little this is a little civics lesson for everybody. The First Amendment says Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise, free exercise thereof, abridging the freedom of speech uh, or the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble or to petition the government for redress of grievances. Mm -hmm. That means that the states can. The Congress shall make no law. That's what the first part of the thing says The Congress Mm -hmm. shall make no law. That means that there can be a state religion. And there was at the time. There can be uh, laws against the press um, you know, written by the states, and there were. You know, There's all kinds of these rules. It just says the federal government can't do that. You understand? Yeah. Okay. Makes sense because different states had different rules on religion at the time. Um, Amendment 2 says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, shall not be infringed is not the same as... Congress shall make no law. You see, in the case, in the first case, Congress just can't make a law. In the second mm-hmm. case, it says the right shall not be infringed. So it's an entirely different writing of, you know, this is we're talking about a, a plain reading of the document yeah. here. And this is these these o- only lawyers can read a document like this and come up with something different.
0: It seems pretty clear to me. But again, it's like you say, it's our interpretation that doesn't matter. It's only the interpretation of the men in the robes uh, in Washington D.C. that uh, that matters. Oh, and, in this
1: case, it's the the men in the robes in, in
0: Massachusetts. Yeah. So, but of course, they could up they could appeal this to uh, likely to the Supreme Court, and then 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 some serious uh, problems could start <laughs> as a result of that uh, if what they're saying here is held to be true by the Supreme Court, and that is that. Well, the uh, federal government's constitution doesn't apply when it comes to uh, when it comes to the uh, the state well, the, of Massachusetts. The
1: Heller decision that was um, that was decided by the Supreme Court has one problem in that it is in Washington D.C. It's not in the states, and there's a, a a case before the Supreme Court right now having to do with uh, Chicago, I believe, and it's a uh, gun near gun ban. Um, you know this is this is an issue of where the states regulating not a city not a uh, a district because the district of columbia is um completely unique and in heller the judges said the you know supreme court ju- um, justices said well gun rights can be uh, infringed, infringed. They said that. So they said, you know, we'll take take that Bill of Rights and throw it out the window. We've changed things. It's been 230 years. These guys didn't have any idea what it would be like to run a country. Now you can't have people walking around armed.
0: Well, we have it here in New Hampshire and it. It's fine. It, it,
1: um, it is fine, and this is the this is the part that I, I heard. Uh, you know, somebody was complaining to me about that guy who was carrying a gun at the the presidential debate in New Hampshire. Yeah, you we know, were talking about William Cosby, one of the, the free th- states. Yeah, and you know, the idea was that because he was open carrying, that that was making the uh, the Secret Service agents nervous. I hope that Secret Service agents are smart enough and professional enough to know that the guy who's carrying the gun on his hip isn't a danger, and the guy that they can't see the gun from is the danger. Right. That's probably why they didn't bother it. I mean, you need to act like somebody's armed at all times. Everybody, you should act like everybody's armed. If you're acting like everybody's unarmed you could get a very rude surprise
0: i guess the local cops did come over and harass him but the uh, the, to to my knowledge the secret service did not talk this was just a complaint from uh, somebody who didn't
1: like the idea that somebody might open carry in the presence of the great one
0: so the decision from the supreme court of massachusetts or the supreme judicial court or whatever they're calling it uh, this, so the decision says what again? Can you just refresh me on that? Well, it's basically they didn't they didn't make a
1: decision, which uh, was so they uh, upheld the other court's decision. Right. It says the right to keep and bear arms, as uh, as defined in the Second Amendment, does not apply to the states, so Massachusetts can regulate who can have firearms and and how those weapons are to be stored. Hmm.
0: So then that's – so they're kind of suggesting that the Second Amendment then only applies to Washington, D.C., right? Because if the Second Amendment doesn't apply to uh, the states, then it must only apply to Washington, D.C. That's what they're suggesting
1: there. I, I think that maybe they're uh, – yeah, if you say Washington, D.C., meaning the, uh, the legislators who might pass laws on all 50 states, then I think that that might be what they're claiming – no, it says not just the, Second the district. doesn't
0: apply to uh, to them. It's right? saying
1: that the Second Amendment doesn't apply to the states. The states are a governing body. The federal government is a governing body. So what they're claiming here, and it is just completely wrong, is that the 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 federal government can't regulate guns, but the state governments can.
0: I see that. Yeah. Okay. That Second Amendment doesn't apply to us, the state. Right. One 9231 That's the SACL C A I toll free line. I mean, if you're a gun owner in Massachusetts, I have to ask why. You know, what is it that you're staying in Massachusetts for? What is the point? Uh, because it's not. I guess it's not quite as bad as California down there, but it's 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 pretty bad. Yeah. Well,
1: you know, um the sponsor one of the sponsors of the show for uh, the Free State project. We uh, I'm making some calls now. I'm I'm alpha testing my Free State project uh c- completion campaign. Yeah. And At free state com. Yeah, I was making some calls and um today and and some of the you know, the the person that a uh, person I was talking to was in Maine. And Essentially, I don't know how far this, you know, I don't, I don't have, I didn't plot her on a map or anything like that, but likely most of the population of Maine lives in the southern portion of Maine. It's true. Likely I was talking to somebody who was within a couple of counties of New Hampshire and I couldn't get her to commit to moving within six years if, um, you know, New Hampshire turned into essentially a libertopia. Um, I couldn't get her to commit to moving a couple of counties for liberty. You know, yeah, and people have their reasons. Yeah, they got their reasons. You know, and I, 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 I you know, I, this is what I told her is it's just the job of the Free State Project to make it such an allure that you can't help it but move.
0: One 9231 That's the SACL C A I toll free line. Though you did have some success with your calling uh, program today with your alpha testing. Yeah, things went well. Although I'm supposed to not talk about that, right? I, I, I think we've started it out. Things, things are going went well. well. All right, more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. Are you
7: moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of stuff there, and it's all totally free for you, including our news updates. You can go and get signed up. Uh, At news.freetalklive.com, you'll be kept in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Like today, we put up a a banner auction. You can can bid on our third banner on our website. The auction is up now at auction.freetalklive.com. But if you want to find out stuff like that, when it happens, get on our updates list, or follow our Twitter profile, or become a fan on our Facebook page. You can do all three of those things at news.freetalklive.com. That's news.freetalklive.com. We go to Frank in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank. Frank, New York. Good
9: evening. Hey, what's uh, on your mind? The comment I wanted to make is this: the if you study the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, and the Constitution, you begin to realize that the uh, draft, the, the individuals that drafted those documents, or uh, let's call them instruments, uh, they really were uh, wonderful Renaissance slash Enlightenment. Uh, writers who really wanted to write something that was clear, and it was very elegant. And it's very interesting to see how lawyers, as you mentioned, attorneys, can uh, interpret things or misinterpret things, whether mm-hmm. it's intentional or not. And we also see how judges can do that. It sure, would well, the intention,
0: much... the intention on their part is to increase the power of the state.
9: Correct. Or it's also hermeneutic vanity. You know, the fact that we are... Uh, we have the power to interpret this document for everyone. And, uh, you know, if you disagree, so be it. But the point is this. There's nothing you can do about it. It would have been much easier had the uh, uh, dra- the individuals who drafted the uh, Constitution uh, stated very specifically that every citizen has the right to bear arms. The government be it federal or state, cannot abridge these rights. And then begin another clause dealing with the militia. But by putting the two together, it gives the attorneys and those individuals who have a vested interest against an armed civilian population uh, the chance to say, well, they really didn't mean the individuals. They meant it was the militia, because Mm. the militia is mentioned here and there. And what was the militia, actually, at the time? But the group of free... Individual citizens banding together to fight the British, you know, within a structure that, you know, became the Continental Army later. But the point is this it's very specific. The Constitution states specifically what the federal government cannot abridge, and it cannot abridge the right of the individuals to bear arms. And it's very simple, and it's very interesting how over the last 65 years we've had you know, the process of judicial review, sort of perverting this and changing this. In fact, you know, Bernhardt well, gets b- b- con- go
1: it. Uh, before go you go on, Frank, I, I want to make a point here. The New Hampshire Constitution um, says all persons have the right to keep and bear arms in defense of themselves, their family, their property, and the state. Um, Wonderful. <laughs> but... They don't. That it. Uh, you know, there's a there's a filing fee here for uh, you know a concealed carry. So that didn't work. Um, there's also the most uh, restrictive uh, possession in uh, convict and ex-convict and possession laws in this state. So obviously, all persons except they didn't say all all persons except those convicted of felonies. They said all persons have the right to keep and bear arms. Correct.
9: And so it still didn't work. But the point is it should work and if you have judges that understand the law and that are elected not politically appointed by the president or the justice department then you're going to have a strict interpretation whereby everyone will have the right to carry the weapon and that's what's very interesting if you look at it has been if you look at what has happened over the last 120 years in this country it's very interesting that you know, the federal government, and the state governments, and the local governments have not followed, you know, the, their state constitutions, the federal constitutions, and look at New York City. I mean, New York City is the city whereby you cannot have a weapon to protect yourself. It violates the co- the constitution, the right to bear arms, and it also violates the rights of the individuals under the state constitution in New York. But the point is we've had many cases whereby people have lost their lives because, you know, criminals have had weapons and the innocent uh, that were slaughtered didn't have weapons. So ultimately the state is responsible to some extent for that. And we can go through a whole series of tort uh, uh, actions that that actually prove that the state, through its malfeasance and through its uh, perversion of the actual law, is responsible for the effects uh, thereof. So what I'm trying to say is this. What we really need is to have a strict interpretation of those documents. Sovereignty, according to the, the uh, uh, signers of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, since many of them worked on both documents, stated that sovereignty does not rest in the president's hands, sovereignty does not rest in the king's hands, Sovereignty does not rest on the citizens in the citizens' hands. Rather, sovereignty rests within the constitution, and that's the difference between well, the American form of government as the Democratic Republic and well, first the other forms of government. I don't, I don't think,
0: yeah, I, I don't think that the idea that you're going to have some sort of strict constitutional interpretation uh, implemented. Uh, is, I think, pretty silly to believe. I don't think you really believe that's going to be possible, do you? Well, I
9: think when the system breaks down and it's going to happen, it's inevitable that this government is going to collapse of its own volition and its own malfeasance and debt uh, when it it collapses. Uh, And the new government is going to be formed. I think it's essential that we demand a strict interpretation and we take the very best of our... Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the well, various state constitutions.
0: Personally, I and, hope to not see any sort of federal government once the uh, the collapse happens. The uh, the Soviet Union was not able to rebuild itself, and yes, I don't, it Russia's did
9: actually. It big. did because it became Russia, and then the nations that were members of the Soviet Union became uh, members of the Russian confederation, and that's the legality uh, that you know. Actually, the uh, they didn't Georgian, all Ukraine Russia. are actually members. They signed. You know the document that makes them, you know, uh, uh, members of that body. So ultimately, the Soviet Union—they didn't all
0: come back on, though, did they? And there's still a number of them they that actually are did. Now.
9: That's why. That's why legally, the United States. What about
0: Estonia? What about uh, Georgia?
9: Well, I'm just saying that that the major ones, such as Belarus, Ukraine, these countries, they became members of the Confederation of Russian
1: mm-hmm. States. I see. Yep.
9: So the point is that sort of. Uh, uh, you know, replace what was the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics because remember they were all under international well, law. But the thing is, Frank, by the time they were bound together under the Soviet Union,
0: the thing is, by the time you actually have something like that happen, where uh, you know, the United States were to uh, to essentially dissolve the federal government, uh, the the folks that would be coming on board to write whatever new constitution would be in the new United States uh, would likely not have the same level of liberty. Or intellectual that ability. the founding fathers or so, the
9: intellectual ability that the
0: founding yeah, fathers you, had you'd probably also, end up seeing something more military. like the European Union yeah. and uh, all of their rights of uh, health care and education and this sort of the socialist rights and all that, so-called rights thanks for the call Frank, appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231 Though I have to also severely disagree with something else he said and that is that uh, sovereignty is in the constitution how can a piece of paper be a king? that's what sovereignty is really all about 1-800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Help Free Talk Live via the AMP program for just $3 per month, and you'll get access to exclusive call-in lines, a chat room, and a forum at amp.freetalklive.com. <laughs> This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the Sakel CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there, including various different ways to listen to the show. We have our live streams, broadband and dial-up version, webcam, as well as listen lines, which actually allow you to tune in via your cell phone or any other phone that can dial long distance. Go and get all the details at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com.
1: Every contest involves rules, and every winner knows the rules and how to use them to his advantage. Jurisdictionary.com explains how to use the rules step-by-step, forms on how to get evidence, How to move the court and set hearings, how to do research, how to draft pleadings, etc. It's all there. They're the leader in lawsuit self-help since 1997. People assure them that uh, the average 8th grader can grasp it all in less than 24 hours created by a lawyer who wants you to know how to protect yourself from other members of his profession. It's jurisdictionary.com, and it really, for those of you who are interested in using the court system to your advantage, and I think we all, I, I certainly have uh, been confused by it at times, I think jurisdictionary, jurisdictionary.com is a great resource. Go check them out at jurisdictionary.com.
0: Let's continue with your phone calls. Russ, listening to WVTS in West Virginia. Russ, you're on Free Talk Live with and Mark. Hey, buddy. Hey, guys. On this evening? Russ, what's on your mind?
10: Uh, I was listening to your previous caller talking about uh, the right to bear arms. Yes, sir. And uh, the question I had was, uh, do you think that uh, criminals ought to be, have the right to bear arms? I know the Constitution states, as you said, just the right to bear arms in general. But should a, uh, a person that's committed a crime with a gun be allowed to bear arms?
0: Well, before we answer that, what do you think?
10: I, well, I think uh, there are some things that, unfortunately, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, along the lines of you guys. I'm not for big government, but I think that a man left to himself leads to chaos. I mean, if, I, if you can just do whatever you want, then there's no rule, you know, no rules, no no order, no law. I think you're going to have mass chaos. And uh, in that line, I think yes, that there should be some stipulations to. I mean, you, you got to have rules. If you don't have rules, it's just ca- mass chaos.
1: I agree with that yeah, completely. Yeah, I, I think
10: that there, I think there ought to be some stipulations. But I think if you haven't had, committed a violent crime, I don't see a problem. People can change.
1: Are you familiar with the uh, the Reverend Martin Niemoller poem from uh, Nazi Germany? When they first they came, for, not. The, first they came for the trade unionists, and I wasn't a trade unionist, so I said nothing. Then they came for right. the communists, and I, communists, and I wasn't a communist, so I said nothing. And then they came for the Jews, and I wasn't a Jew, and I said nothing. And basically, he goes down the line, and then basically, right. and then more or less, he says at the end, and when they came for the, uh, for, for for me, me. There, for, there was no one left to speak for me, because he had right. he had he hadn't stood up and said anything about the people that they'd come and got it along the way. And I do think that people who uh, have committed crimes, and even violent crimes, have the right to keep and bear arms after they've done their sentence. And I'd, I'd like to make a couple of points on that if I could. A, sure. I'm a convicted murderer, and I've got a family. I've got a two-year-old son. I've got a wife. I'm on a nationally syndicated radio show. I could say something where somebody doesn't that somebody doesn't like. Do you think the cops are going to protect me?
10: Um uh- it yeah, very seriously
1: right they're not so if I was so dangerous that I shouldn't be able to carry a gun and, and I understand that I, you know that there's provisions to convictions I get that part of the legal a- argument but if I was so dangerous that I shouldn't be allowed to carry a weapon and protect my family then why was I released from prison I understand. If I were going, I believe
10: I believe I did make the statement though early on that Mm -hmm. uh, people can change. I mean, I believe that. Sure, sure. Uh, I believe people can. I've changed. You know, everybody changes as they. Right. Mature, hopefully, you know, in, in right. But I, uh, w-
1: for the better. I guess the point I'm trying to make is if let's say it's an unchanged guy, he's still a bad guy. If he's carrying a gun around, um, a you're probably never going to know. But if he doesn't use and if you if he doesn't use it, you'll probably never know. And if he does use it, use it and he uses it in an illegal manner. You've got yourself a crime, whether it's an armed robbery or a murder or whatever it is. There's a crime in that situation. So why do you need the additional second-degree felony of a uh, felon in possession of a firearm when you've got yourself a crime?
10: I think maybe um, I don't pretend to know the uh, maybe the the reasoning for that. Other than it seems a little bit like common sense to me, but you know what happens when you assume. Uh, but it seems like to me that they're trying to prevent a crime since that you have the uh, maybe the predisposition to commit a crime and only criminals crimes kind of kind of mindset
1: rest how many uh, how long do you think it would take me to get a firearm if i wanted to go get one right now if
10: you really want a firearm you could probably get one within the hour
1: yeah I'm, I'm, I'm certainly within the day um now the average person has to wait three days in most places i think to get a handgun i don't know i don't know the rules on handguns specifically but i think there's a three-day waiting period so you're what you're what essentially is said here is that um, you know, the it's the same as when you outlaw guns, only outlaws will have guns. When you outlaw Correct. guns, I, I agree. I when think you outlaw guns, gun. when you outlaw guns for ex-convicts, then only outlaw ex-convicts will have guns. True, true. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, but it's I, the same I thing. That,
10: I do think that every home might have a gun. I mean, how many uh, criminals are going to think twice to uh, breaking into a home and they know that there's a 98% chance that that homeowner has a gun to protect himself and his family so with. So you we think every think home there's...
0: should have a gun except for uh, people that have been convicted of violent crimes?
10: Um, I, honestly, uh, my honest opinion is that I would really strongly think twice about letting a criminal that has committed a crime with a gun. I, I think that it, it, you know, I would so consider only with that a gun, first. So
0: if someone was stabbed to death, then that person should be able to carry a gun?
10: Again, I, I, I'm just being honest with you. I'm, I'm you I, I I a devil's advocate, and that's fine. I'm just saying I think that I would have to strongly think about that. I'm not going to say that no you shouldn't because just like you said you start you start drawing hard lines then there's you know you got problems there too it's a tough issue
1: i'm not going to claim it's not a tough issue russ right right. you know had i not been a convicted felon i may very well have been on uh, the other side of this argument but now i get to see it from this side of the fence and i can tell you from this side of the fence that you know i'm i'm i am i am i being a quaker i'm not big on violence or anything like that but i I, I, well, you don't I'm, have
10: to be big on violence to protect your family. Right,
1: I mean. I'm scared of what could happen if somebody decides that they want to come out to my house. Now, you know, right. I've been told that my wife's allowed to, uh, to to own a firearm, and and quite frankly, you know, on on some of these issues, I'd rather be judged by twelve than carried by six. But, um, right. you know, these, you know, it's it, it's I'm, I've From the philosophical standpoint, there's really, to me, no good reason why a guy who committed a murder with a gun shouldn't be allowed once he gets out. Because if he was allowed out, then that shows a failure of the judicial system in the first place to be able to own a gun to protect himself. I mean, really is – because essentially what that is is a regulation. And we know that government regulations
0: really don't work. Uh,
1: True, true. So Um. I –
0: Right, and by the way, I'd like to point something out here. When we were talking with Pete Ayer a, mo- uh, a few moments ago, and you're in West Virginia, so you did, probably did not hear that, uh, but we had uh, Pete on from MotorhomeDiaries.com. He was stopped in the streets of Santa Fe because he was open carrying. And which is legal. The excuse, yes, it's legal in New Mexico, as which is where he was, but the excuse the police Used to stop him and, was that, him and ask him for his ID. Right, was that, uh, and intimidate him, was that, well, you could be a felon, and so we need to get your identification so we can run it to make sure you're not a felon so we can let you go. Uh, he ended up walking away from the scene and was very courageous about standing up for his rights. But my point here is the fact that there is this law on the books in most places that prevents, uh, so supposedly prevents felons from having firearms, as we know, anybody that wants to have one is going to have one anyway. But because that sure. law is on the books, they're using that to push their nose under the tent even further and to start infringing on people's rights of, uh, of privacy. See, now that there's this law on the books saying that felons can't have guns, anybody they see with a gun could be a felon, so they must get your identification and harass you.
1: Or, or a felon might get what? a hold of a gun, so we're going to need to register everybody who has a gun. You want to bring it back? All right. All right. Russ, your thoughts? Uh, yeah,
0: I'm sorry.
10: That's one of those issues of where uh, the... Uh, Probable calls is too vague.
0: Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. we got enough time to uh, sneak your call in here. If you've got some thoughts for us, you can talk about guns or whatever might have to be on your mind. Take control of the airwaves even in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231 Talk live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll free at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1 800 259 9231 tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. And if you enjoy the fact that we give you those things for free, then you can support the show by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Just start your shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. You know them, the world's largest internet retailer with dozens of categories. Books, DVDs, office products, man, you name it, they sell it at Amazon. You can even buy you if you want to save a few extra bucks. But if you're brand new, look for the free Super Saver shipping option to save save yourself a little bit of extra cash over at amazon.freetalklive.com. Now then... Coming up this weekend, the Free State Project's Liberty Forum. It's just days away, kicking off on Thursday. Uh, Free Talk Live will be there, broadcasting live all weekend long. Looking forward to seeing a lot of our listeners out there. They, uh Free Talk Live listenership ends up being a significant percentage of the uh, the Free State Project's Liberty Forum, so it's almost like a little mini uh, Free Talk Live listener convention at the same time. Yeah, I'd like to fun.
1: formally thank the Free State Project for throwing this throwing our uh, convention, yeah,
0: throwing <laughs> a big convention for us. It's not really our convention. In fact, we're just a side. Show. We're just uh, we're just the uh, the the guys yammering into microphones every night. Uh so, but,
1: show about sums it up, yeah,
0: yeah. But we have fun and uh, looking forward to being there. And there's a whole bunch of folks going to be speaking. Uh, Andrew Napolitano from Fox News, you might know him as the Judge. He's going to be one of the keynote speeches. And if we're lucky, we'll be able to get him back on Freak Talk Live because he's actually, be awesome. he's been on the show as a guest before, so it shouldn't be that hard. Uh, and uh, who knows who, who else of the the various different speakers they'll have that we'll have on this program. So if you can't make it out, we'll be giving you as uh, much of a taste of the event as you can possibly get because, I mean, it'll be pretty Liberty Forum-focused on this program for those three days. Of course, we'll still have open phones and you'll still be able to call in about uh, whatever you want to. So go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to learn more about uh, the event. If you're going to be up in the New England area, it's worth a trip over to Nashua, New Hampshire at the uh, the Crown Plaza Hotel to hang out with hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people All in the same place. People are starting to filter into New Hampshire already. I've heard uh, calls coming in on the Port 411 system, this little activist uh, phone network system that we have that alerts people to things going on. Uh, So people are already coming into town. The Liberty Caravan has already made it here from LibertyCaravan.com. And there's just going to be all kinds of folks hanging out, having a good time at uh, the Liberty Forum. It's too late to get registered online. So if you're going to come, you're going to have to buy your tickets at the door. Uh, again, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. We will see you there as we continue with your phone calls and go to Jeff listening to WVTS in West Virginia. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Jeff? Uh-huh. Ian? Hey, you're on the air. Oh,
4: okay, you too. Are you there, sir? Yeah,
0: I'm here. Go for it. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, and he's gone. <laughs> All right, well, let's try John in Illinois. John, you're on Free Talk Live on the amp Lines.
11: Hi. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that you guys have inspired me not to fill out my census sheet because, you know what, it may be constitutional, but they don't follow their own rules, so why should I follow them?
0: Well said, sir, but it's not your census sheet. It's addressed to resident. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I, my, my first question would be, well, what is a resident? I mean, how do you know that I'm a resident? That sounds like a legal term to me.
11: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, who knows? I mean, I am, I'm a tenant, but... You know, whatever. I mean, I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm probably going to be at work when these folks show up, so it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, I don't know how uh, how dedicated they are as far as trying to actually contact someone that does not fill out one of their forms. I guess we'll find out, won't we?
11: Yeah, well, it's funny because I even convinced my mother to not fill it out either. She's, really? Because she was kind of, yeah, we were talking yesterday, and I said, you know, I'm not going to fill out my census form. She's like, oh, why is that? I'm like, eh, screw them. <laughs> you know they take my money. Why do Why do they have to get you know the extra fifteen minutes worth of work out of me? I'm not I'm not going to give this one to them. Good
0: on you. I think, if you. They I think it's a me pretty the
11: fine. I will pay, but you uh, know, I think it's, it's a pretty I persuasive to...
0: thing to say. What you said earlier is that they don't follow their own rules, so why should I follow theirs? I think that's really persuasive, personally.
11: Well, it's true because I mean, the one rule is oh they have enough people, but then they added all the extra. Oh, are you Hispanic? Are you white? It's like, hey, this is none of your business, man. You know, why why do you need to know this? Why does that even matter? If they were trying to create some kind of a, you know, if they were trying to decide how many schools, which they're not even actually doing that, that's not even part of the uh, the calculation. There, it's it's totally irrelevant. They just they just want to redistrict. That's it.
0: You know, so I found it interesting that you mentioned the the race question on there, and one of our callers earlier suggested writing human being in, which I thought was uh, was cute. Um, but there 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 are two questions at least. There's the one question about race, but that's beneath a question specifically asking if you're Hispanic. Did they do that back in uh, the year 2000? It just seemed kind of weird to me, like a very specific question. I, I've still got the the form here about whether or not you are Hispanic. Is person number one of Hispanic, Latino or Spanish origin? And then uh, no is a possible answer. And then uh, yes, Mexican, Mexican, American, Chicano. Yes, Puerto Rican. Yes, Cuban. Yes, another Hispanic, Latino or Spanish origin. Why do you think they're doing that? I think it's because uh, some because some
1: Hispanics will consider themselves to be white, like Cubans, that kind of thing, um, and you know, uh, and maybe they don't feel like the you know the race question is thoroughly asked enough on the the, the previous uh, question. No, I no, no, the race question comes answer. after that. That comes before the race
0: question. Maybe they're think, trying to confuse you. Maybe it's some sort of uh, immigration crackdown that they're planning. I don't know.
11: I like, identify yeah, the households with Spanish
0: you. with uh, with uh, Hispanic people in it. Anyway, oh, yeah,
11: on. so then they can know the areas where it makes sense for them to raid.
0: I I don't know. It, it, it's speculation on my part. It just seemed kind of strange. So anything else you want to share tonight, Jeff?
11: Uh, no, that's it. I just, you know, I, I you guys have been a great inspiration to me in terms of uh, kind of my search for liberty. So I appreciate it.
0: Oh, John, rather. You're not Jeff. You're John. So, John, are you a Free State Project participant?
11: I actually am, yeah.
0: Oh, great. Fantastic. When do you plan on making the move?
11: Um, whenever I can pay off my student loans. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see when you <laughs> you're decades,
0: 50. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see when
11: you you're 50. Uh, oh no, it's not that bad. I didn't do t- I, I, a lot of. I, I mean, I'm in. Uh, no offense to our liberal arts majors friends, but um, you know, that's kind of the sad part is that a lot of people major in things like sociology, and it's just it's hard to get jobs in sociology. You're not going to be making that much, and you're going into 40, 50, 60, 70, 100,000 dollars in debt and it's just kind of depressing because these people are told by their high school, government high school teachers that they'll be making 100 grand a year when they get out of school. Don't well, worry about it, just lie. go to Not college and you'll make debt. more
1: than everybody else.
11: <laughs> and then it's like, "Oh wait, sorry, you have to pay debt." You and they don't teach you, well, sometimes math classes maybe they teach you about the theory of interest and how that works, but mm-hmm. Whatever
0: <laughs> well good luck, and uh, hopefully you'll find that maybe if you I don't know maybe if you could reduce your cost of living by living in New Hampshire would that help you pay the debt off faster
11: uh no i, I I'm compensated pretty well here
0: in chicago well we'll see you soon then and thank you for the call tonight appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231 that is the SACL cai toll free line as we uh, again approach the upcoming free state project liberty forum Uh, I'm jazzed, even though I'm only going to be there for a couple of the days. Mark, you're going to be there the entire time. Our buddy Gardner Goldsmith uh, from LibertyConspiracy.com, I I believe he's committed to helping you out on the air uh, both Friday and Saturday nights. That's my understanding. Incredible. And uh, he's such a a talented guy. I think that uh, you guys are going to have a lot of fun. And I'm jealous. I hope it goes well. So, uh, sorry. 800-259-9231. We continue here. Uh, The story... Is out of San Diego, where the San Diego County Sheriff's Department responded to 10news.com's report about a new sonic weapon known as the Long Range Acoustic Device, or LRAD. The technology has been in use in Iraq to control insurgents, and it's now in the Sheriff's Department's possession. With some people concerned over whether LRAD would be dangerous and if it would be used in the way it's being used in war zones, 10news contacted the Sheriff's Department for their take. The device was originally made to be used for war, and it emits high-pitched sounds as a form of crowd control. And we've talked about these devices uh, on the program in the past. They have been uh, deployed in certain protest situations within this country, so there's already some evidence that these have been used against the American people. So 10news.com and their concerns, I think, are legitimate. Indeed, uh, on Monday, members of the ACLU spoke with 10 News and expressed outrage that local law enforcement has the device and that they brought it to recent town hall meetings in case things got out of hand. The ACLU said, we think that local law enforcement shouldn't be using military-style weaponry uh, weaponry like that. Sheriff's Department told 10 News the device was only being used for good, like helping search and rescue teams and warning residents during fires or floods. So according to uh, 10 News, they asked the sheriff well so it will never be used in san diego as a weapon not by the sheriff's department no said their representative and that's a guarantee yes they said but at the same time san diego county sheriff bill gore was also recently quoted saying that LRAD was purchased for events should there be any problems and that we could use Elrad in place of pepper spray so which one is it Is it that they're planning on using this high-pitched sound frequency weapon, or they're just planning on keeping it for some good purposes? How do you use this LRAD thing for good?
3: Can someone explain that to me? I suppose that there's a
0: riot. Because we're out of time. See you tomorrow night at
3: freetalklive.com. Attention, active and separated U.S. military personnel. This message is just for you. You're entitled to benefits that are not available to the general public. You deserve them. Your family deserves them. And we want to make sure you know about them. This
0: is Tim Lewis of I Freedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. Did you know VA programs can allow you to buy a home with no down payment? Or refi with cash out up to 100% of your home's equity. And because of your service to your country, it's usually easier to qualify for a VA loan than a conventional loan. On your feet! And get all the details at varadio.com
3: iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com or call 800-900-VA-LOAN. Varadio.com.